Finally, the warring nations of Earth had forgotten their differences and banded together to save our planet. The United Global Space Force was searching the galaxy for worlds rich with drinkable water and breathable air. The Hypergate was our best hope to colonize space, our best hope for survival. But as we prepared to launch ourselves into the black of space, terrorist forces calling themselves the Global Sedition were preparing to strike. All the ladies love velour. This is Filmsack. Oh, sure. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, episode 339, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. I'm Scott Johnson. Joining me today, Brian Needlessly Complicated Ships Dunaway. Ah, uh, hi. Hi. Danger, Scott Johnson. Danger. Oh. <laughs> Brian doesn't think he wants to live in a future where robots refer to themselves in the third person and announce every directive, program, and subroutine. Robot powering on! Robot defragging! Robot rebooting! Hey, you know what? What if robots today, you know, like today, announced what they were doing while they were doing it? Roomba is cleaning Johnson's house. Roomba is sucking a lot of chili cheese Fritos. Roomba does not think this is a normal amount of chili cheese Frito debris. Please kill Roomba. And what's up with the robot trash talk? When Joey attacks Robbie, he exclaims, That was a mistake! Who wrote the reprogramming for robot? Joey Image? That was a mistake, brother! Can you smell what the robot is cooking? Brian powering down. Oh, very nice. Boop. Boop. Very well done. Uh, Also with us, Randy and the monkey flips the switch. Jordan. (laughs) I I have to follow that? Yep. Yes. Yep. (laughs) Yes, monkey. Hello. Aloha, Scott, Brian, and Brian. Hello. Uh, I want to get real for a moment. Being lost in space, it's a serious problem, and it should be taken seriously. These are difficult times when we've conquered war, but for whatever reason, war is still happening right here, but we've conquered it. But here's the war. Okay. (laughs) Right. These are difficult times, and everyone's lives hang in the balance, and all this this innuendo and all these come-ons, they're just not helping, okay? okay? Let us never forget the wise words of that great sage LeBlanc. You can't have <laughs> S-E-X when you're taking care of B-A-B-I-E. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well done. Uh, you know what my favorite part of Randy's intro every week is? What's that? Is that the fact that it coincides with a ramp up in the film sack music for some reason yeah <laughs> every week yeah that's weird we don't plan that love it yeah for those who think we plan it we don't it just happens it's yeah. magic yeah. uh finally with us brian hey robot why you gotta yell everything you're doing ibit <laughs> wow Close. Oh, perfect and, okay. and just in time with the flute after my malfunction you've synced my mind with those of the film sack hosts will robinson <laughs> 
That explains why Robot gets a warm, fuzzy feeling when Robot thinks of the Spice Girls. Hmm. Robot would rather talk about Mad Max Fury Road than Minority Report. Which reminds Robot, did I ever tell you about the time I was a dishwasher in Mobile, Alabama? No, I was really a dishwasher in Mobile, Alabama. Was he really? <laughs> I like it. I want to use, that's the dishwasher I want. One that says, oh, drawing sequence begun. Like I want, I want to know. Instead of like, like the one I have now goes ding, ding, ding when it's done. I want it to go, dishes are clean. Right? That'd be awesome. I, I really want to, I, I really want to point out once again that we don't coordinate enough. No. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my alternate greeting was uh, actually had something to do with being in the American South. And uh, <laughs> really, I, I would have, I, I, it would have sounded too coordinated if wow, I had done it. So I'm glad we, really... I'm glad we didn't. Yeah, no. Well, it's sometimes it works out for the best. I can tell you this though. One of these days, one of these days, two of us are going to have exactly the same opening. Yeah, 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 yeah it's going to be fantastic. It's that. Uh, <laughs> it's the old, It's actually a higher. Uh, what's that old theory? If enough monkeys type for long yeah, enough, yeah, infinite yeah, number yeah. of monkeys and uh, Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Enough monkeys flip switches. Uh, a spaceship <laughs> will launch. That's right. Uh, man, Joey's a dick in this. The movie is Lost in Space, and uh, it's this 1998 deal, uh, theatrical deal, that was based on the old TV show in the 60s, uh, which was about this family. They were called Robinson, which isn't by accident, really, because it's right. like Swiss Family Robinson, sort of. And they uh, get lost in space because of problems and stuff, and they have with them a, a sneaky little snidely man who's going to get them all screwed <laughs> So that's the, that's your uh, that's your whole plot right there is. Uh, Could yeah. we have the earliest trope alert we've ever had on film side? Oh my gosh! Wow. Can we break this record? Here we go. You took your bad guy with you. Wait a minute. <laughs> Why did you take your bad guy with you? Well, he was like, on okay, the ship. Well, your bad guy kind of took himself with. Okay, them. he yeah. stuck on board, but right, then yeah. you let him. You let him continue to go once you. But I just don't get you took your bad guy with you. Yeah. Like it's just like, yeah. oh, wait a minute, we all recognize bad guy here, bang right in the head. Okay, no problems. Yeah, right. And doctor, or at least you know, uh, airlock, you know, yeah. <laughs> beam him out into a planet, whatever, yeah, something. Yeah, right. I mean, the but the a, deal, the deal with that guy is he's so snidely whiplash too. Like, was there ever yeah. any question that you had an evil doctor in your ship? I don't think so. Yeah. No. Like no, and when they knew, they even knew early that he was up to no good. And I'm like, yeah, lock him in a room. <laughs> Who cares if he trashes the room? What? What? I still don't understand why he trashed that room so hard. I don't get it. <laughs> I love that he did. But okay, I'll let's, show let's... them. I'll make a mess. <laughs> yeah. Right. Every every piece of glass they had. Um. Mm -hmm. Hey, but you got You got to admit. Okay, so our source material is 1968 uh, or 1965 CBS series uh, Lost in Space. And at that point in time, weren't we just sticking archetypes in space? Because that was interesting enough just the mm, idea yes. of doing something in space yeah. was interesting enough that you just do your archetypes in space and which we here which we we've are kind of been doing since the 50s but this is sort right. of the end of that era mm -hmm. right we don't right. do that no that's that's yeah, true so, that's true we don't really know i mean we try to revive it or make it cool again or whatever but this i mean this even predated star trek this was like a yes a few like years a, a few years yeah. anyway and it was it was i mean it was taking a familiar story like i said swiss family robinson literally the robinsons and put it in, and instead of they're on an island shipwrecked, they're space wrecked somewhere out right. in space. Boom, there's your I'm plot. Space wrecked. <laughs> <laughs> and, get space wrecked. And I think it has it had its charm, certainly for its time and the, the 
you know, this robot we're making fun of so much, they decided to go full robot on this, but they, I don't know if they needed <laughs> right. to. They kind of probably could have held I that think, back. I, I love that they went full. Okay, look, I, I was a fan of the original series. Now, I watched it, of course, in syndication because this was before my time. Yeah. Uh, but I remember my, my grandpa introduced me to Star Trek and Lost in Space, and uh, I used to eat this up mm-hmm. every 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 time it would come on. Oh, I yeah. Would, I, I loved Robbie the Robot. Uh, is still one of the most okay, fun, can, can interesting Can we stop a design. minute there? Because I, yeah. I, I start watching this film and I'm like, ooh, I forgot that there's that this has Robbie the Robot. And then I started reading and reading and found out, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it, it like, just right, has right. Robot. Yeah. It just has it, Robot. Even, even the original series. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Robbie the, was... Um... Was Robbie it, was a different was thing. It, was it a different uh, show, or it was, was it? A, it, was, was it? it was repurposed, right? Well, what was it? What? Hold on a minute. So, I, so I, I always thought it was Robbie the Robot as well. But you're saying it, no, it was a different Robbie show. Robbie the Robot was Forbidden Planet. Like you right. remember the old, um, uh, the movie, like the old movie with the robot and the movie posters right. carrying the woman, and he's yeah. got the, but basically a similar look. He but, was re, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very yeah. Good. Okay, yeah. so so oh, that's interesting. I call all of these. I call all these series of, of robots. So, robots. So do we. <laughs> right. Yes, everybody does that. And I was just like, I was shocked because I was looking forward to coming on this show and calling the robot Robbie over and over. Right. And I started reading all the log sorted history of Robbie the robot, and I found out gonna, it was never. I'm gonna allow it. Yeah, I'm gonna allow you to call him Robbie the robot. It's fine. It's a, you can call. Well, I mean, it's that's... an entire category of robot is Robbie <laughs> that... the robot. Right. I, I know, now, but here's what's like, funny. Yeah, it, it's kind of like calling the Jedi Klingons, though. I mean, it's not. It's just. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you think it's... there's gonna be some lost in space fanatics that are gonna call us on it? I don't think. so. I don't know. Well, I just think though. Yeah. In 1950s and 1960s, they kind of all looked like this, so I don't think it's that far up but here's the funny thing the rope robbie the robot actually made an appearance in lost Lost in space as another robot (laughs) oh really do you guys remember that episode no that was a great episode i don't remember that that was that was kind of like the car episode or goliath episode of the knight rider that's what that was oh i always love those i love when i love when uh an equivalent to the other machine you have comes along and is evil the evil version of the machine that's always good now, never, would never you guys time. like to know um, the list of appearances of Robbie the Robot? Yeah, I would. Oh my, it's, this yeah, seems I, like I trivia. Do now, I feel so, like my whole, there's, there's a demarcation in my life of before I knew this information and after. And so this is an important yes, moment. Because this ahead. will blow your mind. All, All right. right. So Forbidden Planet 1956. I'm going to skip over some of the things that we don't need, even need to worry about. The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, you know, the, the TV oh. show with Pete Nick Gilligan. Uh, really? Four episodes of The Twilight Zone, The oh, Adams Family in the episode Lurch's Little Helper, The Man from <laughs> Uncle, The Monkeys, The Banana Splits Adventure Hour, Columbo, Hollywood Boulevard, Arc 2, your favorite, Scott, Love Holmes it. and yeah. Yo-Yo, yeah. Um, a television commercial for Starlog Magazine, The New Adventures of Wonder Woman, Mork and Mindy, Space Academy, Pink Lady, Heavy Metal, the cartoon movie, yeah. Night Stalker, Love Boat on the episode Programmed for Love, what? Gremlins, Cherry 2000, Earth Girls Are Easy, uh, Stacked, Looney Tunes Back in Action, and Season 8, Episode 7 of The Big Bang Theory. Okay, hold on I'm now. I understand nine. every one of those live action ones you mentioned I totally get. How was it in a cartoon? Was it the guy's voice? Was it something else? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, it was just the, it was the, you know, it was the, the um, heavy metal cartoon. Versus... Well, we'll get, we'll get to that. But oh, I mean, I think okay. they just drew the they just drew the likeness of the room. Oh, that's what they're and, referring to. Okay. In heavy metal. All yeah. right, that makes sense. Okay, well, I but, that guy. But holy cow! This this 
robot, I think, has made more appearances than James Remar. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> it's got a longer... I saw James Remar last night. Yeah. I yeah saw... Were you watching The Path? <laughs> no, no. I was watching, uh, I was watching the, 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 the Dark Coat's daughter. No, the Black Coat's daughter. What's that? It's, uh, it's kind of a kind of a horror film is that, no it's, it's a pretty, it's new it's old people who want to watch the handmaid's tale but don't have hulu watch <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> they can't watch it so what, i I, I, I saw him too but it was in a it was in a you might also like moment on netflix when i finished this movie it was some uh-huh. like kind of porny looking thing like one of those one of those netflix things that if you just keep going down the list you'll oh, eventually right. run into it and it's like exotic summer or some bullshit it's like right that. right before you get to all the Asian films that also look like they could be right. porn. Yeah, totally. And and uh, <laughs> this is a great se- uh, little section we could start doing. Where did you see James Remar this week? <laughs> I, yeah. yeah. I know. It's, uh, maybe we give up on Star Trek connection and yeah. talk about the James Remar connection. Yeah, no kidding. He feels like the new, I mean, he is, he's the Kevin Bacon of our time, he's I'm afraid. Kevin Bacon, for so, sure. yeah, so that guy, I mean, I guess Kevin Bacon's still here and says, Hey, yo, what's up? But still, whatever. I'd like, to, <laughs> I'd like to see those two fight. That'd be fun. That'd be something yeah, I'd be into. Of, speaking of getting off track, did you guys see that they're finally uh, doing the flatliners? Oh yeah. Well, hold on. Fi- uh, let's talk about your phrasing. They're right. finally. The they're finally the doing the flatliners. See, I. If you'd asked me a week ago, hey Scott, try to think of a movie less likely to get a remake in 2017, 2018. I would have said Flatliners. Like, what right. are they doing? That's crazy to me. But I guess. And it, uh, I, I'm so disappointed in the way it looks so far. Yeah. I mean, I hate to be a Flatliner snob, but this one, <laughs> this one, uh, this one looks disappointing so far. Well, to here's me. the thing. I, I mean, I'm reserving judgment because I feel like they're finally doing a good job of releasing a trailer that doesn't give every detail about the movie away. And they're giving just enough away for you to say, okay, well that, that's obviously going to be the, um, the Billy Baldwin dude. And that she's going to be the, she's really going to be kind of the Kiefer Fufferland uh, character. (laughs) (laughs) Kiefer Fufferland. uh, Yeah. I love that. All right. That guy might be the Kevin Bacon, but that's really about all you get. You don't get, you know, that stuff comes back after they go into the, Thing. you know they get competitive about how long they go under and all that but yeah but i like the fact that it's still mysterious gonna, it's gonna be really a stupid reason why i'm i'm you don't like bad ellen things page. i know i love ellen page <laughs> i don't like the way it looks because i remember flatliners everything about it was so dark i mean it was so dark almost sometimes you were like i can't even see what's going on right. i can't even see what's on screen right now yeah and this this new trailer show everything is bright daylight lots of white lots of white mm-hmm. yeah uh, lots of white interiors and very very um I, uh, it's like the medical scenes and the reason. handmaid's I tale hope, i yeah. hope our actual episode 117 was as entertaining as i remember it being and i i don't want to go listen and find out if it wasn't because i remember having such fun with the movie flatliners because it was so dirty yeah it was yeah. like they were like like they had piled up like garbage everywhere yeah. in this movie yeah. and, I and they were remember... doing it in the back alleys everything yeah. was back alley dirty mm-hmm. and this one looks so clean and like so... mannequins in the corner next yeah. to the, the ekg machine and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. will, there be if... a, will there be a halloween costume scene is yeah. what i want to know right. oh yeah right i don't know if i if i said this uh five years ago when we did flatliners but i i, I wanted to be on the record now this should have been a hand handmaid's tale type tv show it's right. it's perfect for it. Mm. I don't understand why we would make another movie. Mm. No, because eventually 
you know, after episode after episode, they'd be like going under for like 45 minutes. Right. You know, yeah. they keep upping the I'm number. Just dead now. Cause I'm that, dead. Cause that was the whole premise is everybody's the longer you're in, the closer you get to whatever, right. To so bring exactly. back whatever of course it is. They, yeah. Know. And they stopped once they got to a point because then they discovered no spoilers for those. Look, I am good with remaking movies when it's been this long because you know, this is a whole new generation. We've got a couple of generations who may have never really even seen Flatliners. Well, hold on. How, how many people. generations can happen, though, between now and what was this, 95? It's early 90s, was it? Five, I thought it was like 92 two, I don't know. I'm looking. Um, uh, later than 90. No, probably 90. No, 90. Yeah. Okay, I'll give them that. 90s. Almost right. the 80s. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Um, which original Flatliner star is probably going to make a cameo in it? My money's on Oliver Platt. Oh, <laughs> Uh, not counting Kiefer probably, Sutherland. Yeah, you think Kiefer is Julia Roberts? Maybe. maybe. I mean, it's already, that's already known that he's in. Oh, this, really? In this oh, no, in okay. Uh, is he going to play their instructor? Or something he's some or, e- yeah, evil or, professor or something. But 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 I uh, went back. <laughs> <laughs> I brought back the two dollars, kid. Uh, Oliver Platt, most recently, uh, I thought did incredible work in the first season of Fargo. Uh, is is a good call. I think that you might see a couple of people, but if it's if Sutherland's confirmed. I wouldn't be yeah. shocked to see Oliver Platt just kind of show up at some yeah. point. I don't think we'll, we may get a Baldwin. We, we're probably not going to get Julia Roberts or Kevin Bacon. No. A- any Baldwin. It doesn't matter. Maybe, Ke- have have maybe Kevin Bacon. Maybe. Oh, wait. Didn't maybe. Kevin Bacon die? Oh, no. This isn't a sequel. What am I saying? Never mind. I'm right, trying, right. I'm trying to connect the two. <laughs> but this may be. Did they? Not, not only is this the earliest trope alert we had, this is also the first, the <laughs> earliest derailment. We, we, haven't, I mean, yeah. we haven't even talked well, about me, what the movie's about. Let me yet bring it back. Let me bring it back. Okay. Bring it around. Right. You know what else is getting remade? What? Lost in Space. <laughs> it is? Get out of here. Yeah, 2018 TV series starring uh, Toby Stevens from Black Sails as John Robinson. Oh, nice. Okay. Molly Parker, who we see in everything these days, yeah. from yeah. Deadwood to House of Cards yeah. as Maureen. Yeah. And Parker Posey as wow. Doctor Smith. Wow! Oh, what? Parker, yeah. they're no, flipping, with that. flipping the gender lid on that one. All right. The lid. And um, here's what gives me a little bit of hope: it's going to be a Netflix series. Oh, that gives right. me more hope than it would have, I guess, if I think about it. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I think the sh- here's the problem with the movie: it's they tried to cram four seasons of a story arc that existed yeah. in the show into an hour and a half. You can't do that. It doesn't work. It feels disjointed and strange. You, you go from mm-hmm. uh, we need to escape Earth storyline to we need to now figure out where we've been stuck to, hey, there's an evil guy on board, <clears throat> all these story arcs, and then end the thing with a big time travel nightmare. Like It's really hard to do that in an hour and a half, so I think that's really the, where the movie failed. Hour and a half, failed. two hours. Well, yeah, it was a little long. Yeah, it was, it was yeah. Uh, surprisingly long. I, I actually felt like it was tightly packed, like, I did, I never in this movie stopped and went God let it be over yeah. because it, it because it just kept moving so fast but that's also a problem like the subplot where uh, Matt LeBlanc is hitting on Heather Graham was so bad mm-hmm. and did not need to be in the movie no, at all no I agree also tightly <sighs> packed one man's tightly packed is another man's constipation so just, mm-hmm. just saying. <laughs> that's a good, that's a good point. don't talk to John Wayne about tightly packed no right? 40 pounds of that business um no. so yeah when I, when yeah, I mentioned ahead. when I mentioned this this uh episode on uh Twitter I started getting a lot of people coming back with oh I had a crush on this person I had a crush on that person so there was a lot of crushes in this movie from all the way from Matt LeBlanc, Heather Graham. Can, can I talk a minute? Yeah. I, yeah. I had a Please friend do. in college 
who was deeply uh, affected by Lacey Chabert. Like, oh, yeah. Like, in a way that was not appropriate at our age. Who, the little Lucy like, girl or the little Penny girl? Yeah. yeah. She oh, was gosh. She drives me she, up a shit rock. I cannot stand I know. this kid. <laughs> I know. Well, and she's only ever, you know, she's only ever done that, like, that voice thing. Like, right. that's all she's she's about, right? Yeah. She and was 16 during this. Is that right? Yeah. Something like young, that. Young. Yeah. Right. Something like and, that. 82, and, 98. Yeah, man. Po- when you're in college and you got posters of her on the wall, there's something wrong with you. It, just... <laughs> it is a oh, little yeah. bit. College well, is a little bit. Much. That age, sure. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Talk yeah. about. Yeah. What, like, what was she a Mean Girls or? Yes. yes. Later. Yeah. No, mean you're thinking. Later. What was the? No, thing no, that's what I'm saying. I'm talking about. What, what I'm saying is, you know, the uh, not the not the irritating, annoying, nasal voiced. And I'd forgotten how irritating she was, and I was reminded how irritating she was in Party of Five, too. Yeah, Party of Five. That's the other thing I'd only seen her in. So I saw this in the theater, and I remember at the time thinking that she was like an alien. Like, she's just so... And and so my memory... (laughs) If you just said to me now, hey, Scott, try to recount the plot before I watched it again last night, I would have said, oh, well, they they take on some alien. I've got her and Blarp mixed up. So I've got her... Uh, You thought she was the little monkey? I thought she was not... uh, I forgot about the little CGI monkey, but in my head... She was the alien they found and kept on the ship with them. And so when it first started, I'm like, whoa, what is she doing on Earth? And then it was all jacked up. And by the way, having seen this in the theater, my wife uh, and I had seen it in 98. She she was like, oh, I remember that movie. I remember hardly anything. Like, I knew there was a family and they were the Matt LeBlanc was in there. But I don't remember the time travel bubble thing at all. Like, none of that. I remember all of it because I had the, I purchased the DVD of this movie. <laughs> I I loved this movie back in the day, and I got to say, I still kind of like it a pretty good bit. No, you don't. No, uh, you don't. The, the thing that I had misplaced in my mind was thinking that Will Robinson was the was played by the actor who played Dewey in Malcolm, Malcolm in the Middle. Oh. And until this most recent <laughs> viewing. I had that in my mind, and I'm like, "That's not him." God, they look just like they look just like each other, though. But yeah, probably missed each other by ten years, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. Eric, yeah. Eric Persullivan, uh, Dewey from uh, Malcolm in the Middle, and and this this gentleman here who was uh, the real was Jack Johnson. Yeah, Jack this Johnson. this movie actually has yeah. two of my favorite actors in it. It's got the dude who played old, or the one that played old Will Watt Robinson in this. Yeah, Jared Harris. Jared Mary Harris. H. Will. Freaking Lane love Price that guy. From Mad Men. Yeah, he's also great in. Um, uh, st- f- uh, yeah, but he's in. What's the thing I'm thinking of here? My brain just went dead. The the uh, Expanse. He's on the Expanse. He plays. Oh right, yeah. Plays a Currently, terrorist, yeah. uh, sort of separatist guy. Uh, who is this? Uh, the guy who plays Jared old. Harris. Yeah, plays, the guy who the guy who we look oh, at okay, when we yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when oh, we see you. old. Uh, Will. Yeah. yeah, and he has Will no, Robinson, but not who we hear. No, when no, no. We see old Will <laughs> totally different I guy. I thought something weird was going on there. I couldn't quite place my. Yeah, somebody on somebody VO'd that, and it's awful. But yeah. uh, it's really bad, especially yeah. when you see when you know Jared Harris for so much else now with his British accent. It just right. feels so. Like you're initially looking at him, like I think that's Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. And then and he starts he talking. Sound like this? No. Also, <laughs> also, I just could not get over the fact that Jared Harris was, I don't know, let's say 35, probably when they made this movie, yeah. and he was playing older Will Robinson. Mm-hmm. That's a great, great yeah. character name in IMDb. Yeah, <laughs> older Will Robinson. He looked 60, and yeah. it bugged me. <laughs> 
Like I like why does hot living in time bubbles? Yeah, really hard living. <laughs> it's hard yeah. living. Yeah. No, you're totally right. But he's he's also I forgot the other one. He's in the uh the not the it's not called crown. the queen the crown. I yeah. haven't flushed my teeth in two decades. He's basically like the he's he's flashback king speech guy. Right. He's always been in right. flashbacks okay. with the queen. He's awesome in that. Like, yeah. So I just wanted to make yeah. it clear right up top here. That guy's great. He should be in all things. And he's really wasted here. Oh, and I also really like the dude from Walking Dead who plays Morgan, who was also Lenny, not using Lenny, his real voice. Yeah, that was not yeah, his Lenny voice. Lenny James. <laughs> yeah, God, he was so underused here. They should have totally. they should they should have brought him. Along. Well, more. I mean, <laughs> well, he, he almost seems like he's set up to make yeah. an appearance later mm-hmm. yeah and it just never gets paid off yeah it may it have been does for half a second in that video footage but that's it the the, yeah. the yeah. stuff i read said that the whatever sequels they had planned because they were going full franchise with this and it didn't make enough money to do it but if they had he, he was like the right? big reveal in epi- oh. or in the second movie would be oh here's vo morgan again with his deal because he's got stuff to do woo and that that'd be your theme for the next movie he'd be like your villain yeah. who got screwed over by looking for matt leblanc for too many years or something I, like that i gotta say i'm sad and i want to hear what everybody else's thoughts on this too i am sad that matt leblanc did not do more action roles no i'm not I feel at like, all i feel like if he could have gotten comfortable in them i think right. they could have found a place for him where I'm sad that where i think he could have moved past yeah. this thing he he suffered in this film i really do do you right but but <laughs> do, you, do you really do you the script this is a script that murdered careers like it's yes. so freaking mm-hmm. bad well yeah. nobody i mean i think every career here you could you could argue matt leblanc was never meant for anything other than tv and quirky comedy and i think he's great at that he could have he could have been he could have been chris pratt right maybe maybe but the rest of this cast is they're fine. They all moved on to other stuff except for the kids. I mean, the kids, and, and even the kids, like the the weird Penny girl. Well, she's in every oh, cartoon yeah. and every video yeah, game. As, you've as ever we heard. all know, Jack Johnson, he grew up to be an inoffensive uh, singer, <laughs> <laughs> the most inoffensive singer songwriter in the world. Wait a minute, that's not that Jack Johnson. No, it's not that, that guy. Like no. Feet. no, it's not. No, the, the inoffensive <laughs> singer songwriter Jack Johnson is like thirty years older than this. Jack okay, Johnson. all right. I was well, making yeah, a, the sad thing is. Yeah. Here's here's how you know it's sad is that in his IMDb known for Lost in Space is the first thing that comes up. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, right. the rest of That's these a, like what's this? You know, uh, pop into an episode of ER or uh, an episode of Jeeves and Wooster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, he's not done a whole lot. Last thing was in 04 He was in a series called Fillmore. And uh, that's mm. the last we've seen of young Jack Johnson, who is now an yep. inoffensive singer-songwriter. Like, yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I did. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Don't go ahead. What were you going to say? I was going to say, oh, I, I did appreciate the the cameos from the original uh, cast. From, oh, uh, I didn't. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. old, old lady is a gorilla and then in a bikini is not good for me to see. I don't want to <laughs> see that. That was not pleasant. I only didn't like June Lockhart is the uh, principal head monkey gorilla i'm Rambo, fine with her like i'm fine with her showing up and doing the hologram and telling everybody what to do but him him putting her in a bikini which looked like actual her in a bikini <laughs> oh my gosh dude there's a there's a time and a place for that and it ain't here is all i'm saying she's fine so, whatever june lockhart so who else was in there seen old 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 uh old lady body like that since the shining is that what you're saying <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i'm saying right. so wait who was what what other cameos uh, were there i know God. the robot guy is the voice yeah same guy mark goddard was there as well he was the general oh okay 
All right, I was trying yeah. to figure out. He's the husband in the first thing, right? Right. No, he's the. Uh, I thought he was the. He's the major, isn't he? Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh, like the they, the Matt. LeBlanc I like how they style. classified everybody in 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 uh yeah. in the show. By the way, it's like you're all relegated to professor, yeah. doctor, major. <laughs> yeah, we all have honorifics General. everywhere you look. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, kid. Unless you're a woman, kid. Because women woman. don't have honorifics. He, yeah. he did. Yeah, the only the only they they referred to this a couple of times. He kept calling her wife. Mm-hmm. And so I mean, they very definitely that was her. You know, that was her. her yeah, yeah, you're you're back there to. You, so Mimi Rogers, your job is to sort of hang back, uh, be motherly, and then when two men are fighting, come out and show what testosterone losers they are. <laughs> well, and the and the only reason the two men are fighting is because they brought along Joey in the first place. I mean, let's face it, <laughs> he didn't want to go. He was correct in the script. He yes. was correct that it was dumb for him to go. I actually, in the sequence where he's arguing with his his uh, you know commanding officer about going on this trip, I wanted Joey to walk off uh, off shot and get the script and bring it back and say, "Look, <laughs> this is a dumb was idea. A, this was makes that a no nod sense." To, was that a nod to the Apollo thirteen idea? Did that actually happen where uh, a pilot couldn't go because he became sick? Is there any oh, truth in that? Yeah, board? no, that is true. The what's his name, the Gary Sinise character that that happened in real life in Apollo thirteen. He got he had the flu and couldn't go. They wouldn't let him go. Because he, he wanted to go. He begged to go. And they're like, nope, you can't. Right. We're not going to have you floating around with all your freaking mucus matter in there. You know? But you're, Randy, you're right. Why add one more stick to this pile of burning fire that yeah. we have? It's, just, it's so weird when the script is so bad that it has one of the characters arguing against the substance of the script. It's yeah, just, right, so right. That's just, no. They were Stop. they were trying to put uh, they wanted a Han Solo type. In fact, they even gave I recorded it. They, they gave him a line that's like ripped straight out of Star Wars. Um, which oh, he had a lot of great one-liners. Oh, now hold on, let's define great. Can we define that word? <laughs> great is in. Oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, great, great. is in large. Yeah, <laughs> great. A lot of large one-liners. <laughs> yeah, sizable one-liners. Sure. Why not? <laughs> yeah. Stephen Hopkins, who directed this, I think it's Stephen, not Stephen. Uh, he did a bunch of. Uh, he he's a busy dude. Does a lot of really good producing work. Um, and has right. done a few directing movies that I think were really good. There's a movie called Race that's about mm. um, what's his name in, the, in World War II and the, the Munich oh, Olympics. Uh, yes, right. The German uh, or the, the Olympics where uh, Hitler was there. Jesse Owens. Yeah, Jesse yeah, Owens. Jesse thing. Owens. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a really, yeah. really good Wait, movie. That that's a double entendre. It is sort of. Look at the word means <laughs> yeah. two things at once. Well, exactly. he's Thank racing. You. Yeah. And he has a race. And he's, he is a member of a race. <laughs> and the guy he's racing in front of wants the master race. That's what? right. He's another race, it turns out. He's a race in power. Anyway, uh, he's got some decent stuff under his belt. I think this is just straight up not great. And I and I don't blame it I'm gonna, on the... Yeah, is it, it's not the... It's not the <laughs> I don't think it's the budget. I don't think it's the effects. There, there's some effects that are pretty rough. dollar budget. Sp- Big budget. Uh, spider, uh, what's his name, is a little rough. But the rest of the effects are okay. Even spider the little Smith. rat creature is okay. My favorite jazz Dr. musician, Dr. Spider Smith. Yeah, Spider Dr. Smith. Dr. Oh. Would, Dr. We absolutely would be sitting here forgiving the quality of that CGI on the monkey and the spiders and everything. If the film was better, yes. if the story and the acting and everything was really compelling, we would be forgiving it up and down. Yeah, I agree 100%. That's kind of where I'm heading here is I think that the the script is to blame. I don't think it's well. I think it's a bad story. It's, it's, it's an bad interesting. Story. Go ahead. 
it's a bad story and it's it's delivered badly you know it's mm-hmm. um one of the first things i wrote in my notes is these people have all acted before right yeah, <laughs> yeah no there and there's some of them are great actors like right. william william her we're gonna hold up one day as one of the great actors of his generation we already do the guy's amazing uh jennifer or no uh heather graham heather she's graham? great well, she this was early for her though was she in anything before this uh 98 boogie she, nights was after this and uh wait when was boogie nights early aughts I don't remember. Right yes. before this. Boogie Nights oh, was really? the thing right before she made before this. In fact, oh. I would argue that she got this role uh, specifically to sort of do something very different than Boogie Nights. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. For some reason, I thought this was uh, way, way, way before, but I guess not. Also. Holy cow, she's done yeah, a lot of stuff. How is Heather, we were, how is Heather Graham my age? That's just that's yeah. shocking. She's, right. she's way we too We were five looking. seconds away from Austin Powers, which is and, where I first really went, oh. Sure. Yeah. Hello. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Not only is Heather Graham your age, but every time she pops up in a movie like Hangover, you're like, wow, she looks like she's 30. Mm-hmm. Every time. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. time. Yeah, look at yeah. this. Swingers was years before. Uh, Boogie Nights right. the year before. Uh, I all... gave up on Twin Peaks about two episodes before she started, <laughs> <laughs> before she came on. <laughs> she was Scream 2, Stab Casey. Yeah. She was in. Uh, yeah, Scream 2. She, wow. I remember that. Yeah, she was in a movie called Even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Oh yeah, I remember mm-hmm. that was a, uh, it was a hitchhiker with a humongous thumb, right? Was the deal with that? <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know. It was, I it? It was about a movie. hitchhiker with a giant thumb. I love that. Even cowgirls get the blues is about a giant thumb. Hold on. I'm I'm look. I gotta look this up. Uh, <laughs> it is a hitchhiker. She's out thumbing. Hold on. She's. Oh, Sissy Hashock is born with enormous thumbs that help her hitchhike to I the think U.S. I remember this weird movie. <laughs> That's 28 on Metascore. I want to see this. It sounds terrible. <laughs> I was born to hitchhike. Look who's Look in it. this. Uma Thurman, Lorraine, Lorraine Bracco, Pat Morita, Angie Dickinson, Keanu Reeves, John Hurt, yes. Ed Begley Jr. What am I looking at? Yes. Crispin, <laughs> Crispin Glover, Sean Young, him. Roseanne yes. Barr, Buck Henry. Everyone in here is someone you know from something, but you'd never see oh, them together. Is oh, my gosh. Streaming is the question. <laughs> oh, it sounds awful. Um, okay, yeah. Uma Thurman's the main chick. Anyway, oh. whatever. Point is, you know, they're all uh, Mimi Rogers, great lust, illustrious yeah. career. She, she acted, she acted like Tom Cruise's girlfriend for a long time. She <laughs> did like act like her that. wife, and, wife or girlfriend. Uh, Were they married? No, I don't remember now. Were they? Did she try out for Tom Cruise's? Uh, wife she, she's like a th- she's a thousand years older than Tom Cruise. Were they actually dating in real life or just in movies? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they were, they were, um, they were either husband and wife. Yeah, married, uh, 1987, divorced, 1990. Oh, I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, okay. Uh, she was born 1956. Tom Cruise was born 1962. So six-year difference. Okay. Mm. All right. She always seemed like somebody's aunt to me. So it's, it's she kind of did, yeah. Weird. And I think that's that's kind of where she went. <laughs> yeah. In her later career is playing somebody's aunt. Yeah. Although also recent powers actually. Yeah, and recently she was in some really good stuff. I'm trying to remember what it was. I saw her in. It was hold on, Mimi Rogers. Here she is, Doctor Marine. Blah blah blah. Uh, Bosch. That's what it was. She's great in Bosch. Oh, Bosch. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. By the way, um, perfect example of spending that fifty bucks at the courthouse wisely. Mimi Rogers' real name is Miriam Spickler. Spickler. <laughs> that's great, though. Wow, Spickler. Spickler's pretty good. 
There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Miriam yeah, Spickler, yeah. starring Miriam Spickler. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess you're right. She was in Dumb and Dumber. She and Kirstie Alley were roommates before either of them started acting, or, oh. or as they were getting into the acting business. Oh, no way. That's right. crazy. Yeah. Rogers is such a power name to change your last name to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like. I, there's got to be a list out there of, so you want to work in Hollywood, change your last name to one of these. And it's you're you're better off, you know. I I would like to know like what's the most powerful power name that you could give yourself. Mm. Mm. Rockefeller. There you go. <laughs> that's a good one. No, that's a really good one. That's not bad. Powers. No, but like a real one, like a yeah. Powers. powers. Yeah, just powers. Just go. Why powers. Right. right. Like Powers Booth. Face. That guy went so far he made it his first name. Yeah. Powers Booth. Which sounds like a thing you you'd need to make sure the power stays on or something. That's where you. Uh, that's, where, that's where you change into your super suit. <laughs> right, the powers booth. <laughs> uh, rest is rest in peace, powers booth. We we already miss you, buddy. Um, all right, so here's some dumb trivia. Uh, who knows if any of this is real? I've learned recently to not trust anything IMDb says. But here you go. Okay. Despite opening recently. in theaters, yeah, recently, forever is what I mean. Uh, despite opening in theaters on April 3rd, Lost in Space 1998 was the first new film of 98 to open at number one in the box office. This was due to the incredible 15-week reign of Titanic. So Titanic oh. was still number one in April of that year, even though it came out the year before in December. Won't this thing ever go down? <laughs> it says, since it finally knocked Titanic out of the number one spot of the box office charts for a time after its release, the movie was given the nickname The Iceberg. <laughs> okay. uh, so that's interesting. Uh, Dick Tufeld reprises his role from Lost in Space uh, as the voice of the robot, so you get the actual dude. That's kind of a big deal mm-hmm. if you care about that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, everybody in the movie were contracted for three movies, all of them. Didn't work out, but I think the way that works is you still get paid as if you did. I think that's how those contracts work. Um, probably, I think you get something, but I don't know if you get your full contracted right. amount. I bet you probably um, get a sign-on kind of thing. Right, you get a severance, <laughs> basically right. like a severance kind of <laughs> thing. So where sorry. We're you're not going to so get the amount of money that we were going to pay to do this movie, but right. you're going to get, you know. Can I get money for my career mm-hmm. back? That's right. I'd be curious Thanks. about that. That is that would be interesting to find out. Yeah, right. Uh, I don't even know who we'd ask. But... So here's a good one. It's not James Remar, but it's close. Uh, Sean Patrick Flannery, come out and play, mm. yay, that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. was and originally Indiana Jones. Yeah, and he was originally cast as Don West, but was let go while the project was still in rehearsal because it was thought he was too closely resembling William Hurt was also offered to Matthew Perry before it went to his friend's co-star, <laughs> Matt LeBlanc. So if, okay, if that is to be believed, to be believed. That's a, that's a really this, good point. Could this spaceship be any more complicated? <laughs> it's, but it's a really good okay, point. Chandler. Everybody playing all the Robinsons are kind of pale. Yeah. And so they specifically, yeah. they specifically yeah. cast Italian-American Matt LeBlanc to just look a little different, yeah, right? right? They called him Matt. Like, like, and, that, and that's that's true of the original series, too, right? Because Major in that one was a dark-haired guy, whereas everybody else is kind of like this oh, pasty yeah. 50s-looking Well, that's what you do with your man, family. With your man, uh, your man helper in your movies, man. is you got, right. you know, race, <laughs> like race, race Bannon in the old Haji movie, or TV cartoon. Oh, that's hilarious. He, he had that white, he looked like Mike Pence, but anyway, he, that guy was... He looked like Pence, holy crap. Yeah. I didn't even think about that until now. He looks just like Pence, if you took Pence, if you took a race Bannon 
and crossed him with Hank Hill's dad, <laughs> Cotton. Cotton. <laughs> You got your you got your Mike Pence. That's what you got right there. So true. That's hilarious. Uh, But anyway, somebody needs to diagram that and put it on Twitter. (laughs) I I nominate you, Scott. All right, I'll do it. I'll take care of it. But it's it's uh, it's interesting just because I that that's just a thing, right? You hire a guy that's a swarthy Han Solo type, and he needs to look different enough. Scoundrel, right? Yeah, and so you could call him Matt Matt Love Contrast is his name. Uh, let's see. Heather Graham was dating the director at the time, so that's a thing, I guess. Um, well, that would have made her like twenty-seven or eight, and right. he's—I don't know what he is. Whatever. That didn't work out. She moved on. They mm-hmm. they still talk. They're friendly. Uh, none of the actors playing John and Marine's three children were born when Lost in Space was first broadcast. Uh, all of right. those kids, including Laura, uh, Heather Graham, were not born until right. after that show aired. Which is just kind of interesting. Even the little alien Penny girl. She wasn't around yet. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Gary Oldman is listed twice. This is my... Oh, by the way, this is the dumb credits. Here, hold on. Here's my IMDb shit for the day. Shit! Here yeah. it is. Gary Oldman is listed twice in the end credits, credited as Dr. Smith, and again as Spider Smith. What? In case you didn't catch it. In case you yeah. weren't following the plot, I guess. Yeah. Wait, Wait those were the same Wait, guy? Yeah. I wonder who played the spider guy. Yeah. It's what? dumb. It's dumb that they put it in the <laughs> credits at all. It's even dumber that IMDb thinks it's cool trivia to point it out. It's just dumb. It's like, no, we well, know. It is very trivial. No, it's yeah, <laughs> it is true. It is. It's good. A, but speaking of speaking of Spider Smith, <laughs> I love Spider Smith. That was a that was a that was dark crystal kind of in the cloak creepy. in the cloak it was cool yes yes, yes. out of the Stay cloak in that cloak buddy yeah out of the cloak terrible awful mm-hmm. yeah but in the cloak kind of weird and cool and different yeah and yeah. you know yeah kind of like sketches right mm-hmm. and, yeah yeah and you see it and you're like oh wow I want to know what that is they should have left you there they should yeah. never have yeah. uncloaked him yeah. yes in my opinion yeah totally we knew what that. was underneath there we knew it was spider i mean we we knew he got yeah. bit scraped by a spider thing. we knew that here's the we thing that. okay humans don't have fangs on their chin spiders don't have fangs on their chin i.e <laughs> when you merge the two why do you get fangs on the chin yeah i don't know i don't know that's weird chin fang. also just he's too skinny and weird and the way the head moved it, it was like lawnmower man is what it reminded me of it just yeah, I liked it. I didn't like it. It was. At all. It was. I might have to redo my Twitter post now. <laughs> <laughs> it was disconcerting enough that it made me go, "Ooh, that's kind of scary." Yeah, I guess the reveal of him creeping up behind him and being who he was was kind of creepy. Like it worked for me, but right. not when they took it off. I just went, "Okay, this is." Who has 3D Studio Max, and why were you allowed to be in a room by yourself? <laughs> my, I gotta say about this. I gotta say one thing about this movie. What? I enjoyed this movie, and this is a big old giant summer movie to me. And I threw this on the projector and popped my popcorn and blasted the sound. By the way, the sound design in this movie is, I love it. Really? I love oh, that kind of over the top. I felt like I people, love it for, I felt for like my I, summer movies. No, no, I, I, I get you about the, the, the kind of sound it's making, but I think the, right. the, I could, the dialogue was quiet. It was weird. How... It, they did occasionally. It was quiet. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten too used to the way movies sound now. Uh, like right. like sci-fi films, the way they sound, and this was this was not a good trip back in time. Like yeah. going back in time and watching the uh, sort of like time bubble. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like watching watching like uh, Return of the Jedi and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. That's fine. It's uh, you know it sounds it sounds perfectly fine. This right. was like oh wow that this was before people figured out how to 
how to sound design these movies. Oh, or they were just, good. or they were just figuring it out. A bit like the CGI. It's like, well, they're kind of yeah. experimenting and getting there, and they're just almost there. It's like the, it's the PlayStation One of film eras. It's like, right. well, 3D, everybody. Oh, it's pretty rough, but okay. And then you realize, well, no, no, don't worry. Next generation, we'll get this right. And they, and it's like that. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of that. And it, it, there are parts where I was like. Oh man, this exploding! A lot of that stuff was practical, so it's probably not the same. But the exploding space station bits, uh, the shooting itself right. through the through the planet and flying out the other side. Oh dear Jesus! The, it's a terrible yeah. plot point. It's a terrible plot point, but it looked <laughs> right. but it looked really cool. You know, like there were some neat visuals, but then Spider Spider Dude was terrible, just awful. Yeah. If yeah, I slingshot and, and- around or go through one more freaking planet in a sci-fi movie to overcome gravity i'm gonna just i you know smack what if your you trope think, in the face if i <laughs> they were set if, themselves up for a uh, a riot at amusement park like do you think this was right, uh right they were thinking we could totally turn this into a riot at disneyland yeah i could see yeah. that sure we'll go through it we'll go can, can, through can, the can, planet. i think dunaway and i need a a, a, a double trope alert here because we're we're talking about two of the same things here oh, all right here you go okay. wait oh <laughs> There he is too. <laughs> Dunaway, I mean, did you not? Did you not just like go? Oh, but they have a time machine. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Every doesn't trope me up one time. Thanks, mm-hmm. space movie. <laughs> a whole a whole pile of tropes. Yeah, and that, and it his, his, his Mad Max esque uh, time machine. You can't listen. You're stuck there. You got to make shit, I guess. And you're a smart whiz kid. Yeah. But you can't make a nice pair of scissors, cut that damn shaggy hair of yours, and <laughs> maybe get a bath. And what happened to your British accent? Yeah, yeah. Now I also I also have a a problem with the premise on the space travel here, and I think it's only me. So if you gave if you gave if we were all given a ship, the four of us are now about to get lost in space. Right. All right. Let's do it. And can, the way I, the can I be Penny? Can is... I be Penny? Because I just want to be Penny. I can be okay, Penny. Sure. All right. Do you, can you, will, right. you, will you uh, video blog? Will you vlog yeah, the whole yeah. time you're in space? That was great, okay. though. That was that was such a, a peek into our selfie generation. Yeah. Mean, yeah. yeah, but who was she Maybe. talking to? Who was Sorry, she, Randy. Who was it going to? <laughs> Nobody? I think it was, it was like di- more diary than, hey, right. fans, here's what I'm doing, hanging upside down, getting a wrench for my mom. Woo! But it was called really? Penny Vision. It was pen, it was called Penny Vision, and it had like UI elements, and it was just really dumb. Anyway. Well, we just re- derailed Randy's conversation. Sorry, go ahead, Randy. He just reminded me of one of the what? dumbest things in the movie. But go ahead. The name of this podcast could be "We Just Derailed the Conversation." Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> that should be the name of this. It could, we could add it to Film Sack colon, and then that we could put that. We just in the derailed end. the conversation. Yeah, uh, which which reminds me. One of you has to be the Roger Rabbit reject character. I just want to say that. Oh, all, right, so, all right, I'm in. So, okay. So the four of us are about to get lost in space on a ship where the way the hyperdrive works is uh, you have to have a Stargate, and if you don't have a Stargate, it could just send you anywhere in the galaxy, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. Here we go. Boom. Okay, now we're in a place that we don't recognize. What are we going to do? We're just going to hit that button again, right? Yeah. And right, we're just right. going to keep hitting the, uh... the hyperdrive button. Until sooner or later, we, go ahead. And that's kind of what they do. Like that's supposed to be part. That's that's what they're supposed to do, though, right? In the original series, that's essentially oh, what is that, they did. Is that, yeah. is that their right? Kind of, but they had to. Basically. It had to recharge or something, right? Like it had. Yeah, to, I can't remember exactly how that went. I'm trying to remember now. Maybe don't you eventually just like asteroids? Don't you eventually like beam yourself right in the middle of a planet and die? <laughs> right, and right. right. Into a bunch of little vectors. We, 
we would very quickly decide to take that risk. We would all uh, very quickly realize we would rather take a very small chance that we end up in the middle of a star over being lost in space. Being lost in space is certain death, without a doubt. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, I, like, think we'd just... vote. I think we'd have to vote. <laughs> <laughs> we would, I but I might always be, no, you're not, I think Randy. I might I'm always kidding. be the guy to say, no, we're going to hyperspace right into a planet. I've played asteroids. I know how this works. See, here's, here's, the pro- here's the thing I would think, though. We would all be scientists because I think that's how you get on this ship. That, even that's that right. family was full of scientists. So they would know of the finite possibility that we would ever uh hyperspace into a solid object because there's you know infinite more space than there are solid objects in space so i think who's the joey it's like it's like this (laughs) it's like you know what it is it's like armageddon it's like the likelihood of a asteroid hitting earth while not completely unheard of certainly happened prehistorically but it's astronomically low math that we would ever have be in the way of something that would hit us isn't that the whole definition of astronomical because it's so <laughs> huge and vast sure astronomically right. astro you're taking this you're taking this too seriously of course <laughs> but I, and i appreciate it i appreciate it but my my point was going to be that the premise of lost in space needs to be what everyone would naturally decide to do which is keep right. hitting the button and remain lost in space like the the right. absolute existential dread that you would so- slowly come to to realize is you're going to always be lost in space. Not you don't get that if you don't keep hitting the button. Mm-hmm. And so the yeah. whole the, like this whole movie, I, like of course they have to invent a way to like hurt the hyperdrive, right? Mm-hmm. And then you right. don't have this this problem anymore. But I just I felt like they were missing a, a really interesting part of it. Yeah, well, no. they almost kind of touched on that as they touched on everything in this movie. Uh, Doctor, professor, feel good. Uh, the professor, he was always trying to reel everybody else back in. It's like Will's over here trying to make a time thing, and you know, uh, Doctor Smith is over here trying to turn into a spider, and Joey's over here pushing buttons, trying to hyper jump, you know, and everything. And his his wife is back there washing clothes. I don't know what she's doing, but yeah, he's he's trying to be like the balance in in all of these crazy people yeah. doing everything yeah you're ruining he, my vision and you know what hiring william hurt's not a bad idea for that he fits that yeah. role you know mm-hmm. i think he he's does. completely wasted here and not good i think that this is oh maybe, you mean gary old man well in any of them <laughs> no, no no william hurt yeah william Weird hurt no. but they're yeah. all bad i mean they're all yeah. not giving their best here they're all there's some eagerness. Like, I think the kids are all going for it. <laughs> they all mean well. Yeah, they all mean well. And, you know, Mimi Rogers is doing her 2D character, you know, fine and whatever. But there's there's some moments. Like, speaking of those one-liners, when Matt LeBlanc goes flying through the back end of the, of the planet, it's probably right. the most, if that would really happen, it'd be the most triumphant moment ever. And his one-liner is, <laughs> rock and roll, he says. Right, right. <laughs> Rock and or roll, baby. Really okay, stupid. so this, stupid. I think I think this is a uh, representation of not allowing your characters to be in any scene long enough. This movie, like Randy mentioned, the top of the show moves along at such a fast pace. There are so many scene changes. I don't see where any actor could ever get in the headspace of the character with that many scene changes. Mm. So I, th- I think that's one of the things you may be seeing. Not a lot of character development. That's true. No, it's it's no. based purely on like stereotypes. Oh, the dad and the mom, and the dad's not paying attention to the son very much, but mm-hmm. he turns out he's really smart. <laughs> 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 
like it's just all that video for a wheel all that basic stuff and and i and i understand that they were trying like in the case of gary oldman's character they were trying to be hey he is kind of a snidely whiplash character so let's just keep that up and they and you know he did that that's fine he's, I guess. The, he's the agent of descent right he's he's mm-hmm. in tearing the otherwise happy family apart yeah he's mm-hmm. the yeah. yeah he's a dick is what he is uh, he's also he's the, if it weren't for him things would have gone just fine exactly now he's part of what i want to point out is i think this movie's chicken the bucket <laughs> and here it is the earlier in the film he is being he's talking in like a sahara desert hologram <laughs> With uh, right, right. with some guy who I guess is part of this terrorist group, right? And later he's got a giant hollow head talking to him, and then leaves him on the ship, strands him there. That bugged me. That we never hear from that again. Like that guy's gone. Right. I I felt like they were trying to set something up there more than we got. Like maybe it wasn't needed, but chicken the bucket is hollow hollow head. That guy. You think I, hollow, hollow head could be a chicken the bucket? What yeah. about space monkey? Yeah, he's kind of he's he's kind of pretty direct there. Well, he like, shows up at the end though, at the very end. Sure, but I don't know. He uh, like it was a character that was introduced and then not developed in any way. No, and no payoff. Form. Like, right? Why it, was it he on the spider like a, ship? Yeah, where did he yeah. come from? <laughs> Were there more of him? Yeah. But he doesn't. There's you know with with stuff like that, you kind of expect a payoff. Like, oh wow, Glarp actually helped us save the day because he knew that this one path through the right, planet yeah, right, would yeah. have been the right way to go. Other, or, other than to uh, basically be a surrogate child for Penny. Other than that, that's <laughs> really yeah, which she didn't really need. Like, so she's not paid off no. either because her whole thing is, I'm a rebellious teenager and I hate you, mom. I don't want to go on this trip. And then she goes on the trip and there's a little more of that, but you don't resolve that. She's just suddenly, oh, I got a pet and I'm weird and hey, everybody. <laughs> like, that's it. <laughs> that's not really um, solved. The-, the only the only kid that gets any kind of resolution, I think, is the boy. Yeah, and it's will. it's tropey yeah. resolution, but at least he gets it. the The other daughter, the older one, that's you know kind of going in dad's footsteps and is kind of cold and whatever. They do this shitty tropey thing where smarmy creeper Matt LeBlanc hitting on her the whole first half of the movie, and and she gives in at the end. I freaking hate that. This is my problem with Passengers, by the way. Yeah, that this that moment of like, no, you didn't. You don't have to give in to this douche just because things went everyone's way. Like, stop. If you don't like him, don't like him. Are we... Okay, so the question is, are we four uh, people here on this show, uh, are we predisposed to preferring character development over, uh, you know, situational type adventure? Because that's what this is. We we throw a bunch of archetypes in there. We don't need any character growth. There is no character growth to speak of. Hmm. Uh, So it's really much like a TV series where everything's the same at the end of every episode. Mm. So trying to bring that back to everything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So trying to bring that to a film, is that what we're seeing? Is, is, is it okay? Is it acceptable? I Um, enjoyed it. I had a good time. Yeah. I mean, Oh, this, that's a really good question. I don't know. Like, can we have both? Can we have, yeah. Can we just have a little bit of both? I mean, I have some from column A and (laughs) some from column B. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I'll, I'll give you an example of something that stuck in my craw. Okay. Um, this this movie, for whatever reason, decides to introduce the trope of the smart gun, mm-hmm. uh, which, which is hilarious. Which I always like, I, at least until now. I always like <laughs> the trope of the smart gun because there's several ways it can go, and the one the way that's my favorite is the smart gun 
ends up being usable by someone else than the person that you expect, but it's only usable by them by some surprise that you never saw coming, like they, you know, they have the same fingerprint somehow or whatever, whatever it is. Right. Right. But in this movie, it's like a wonderful trope that gets dropped in a hole and then someone trips and falls after it and dies. Like <laughs> instead of instead of just using the trope the way you would expect, I'm supposed to understand that you could just talk to it and overcome it by uh, convincing the kid to let the bad guy have. Oh, that, that's it was so unsatisfying. Yeah. Well, it, it was a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and you almost wonder. So there's like a button you have to press for uh, for you to be able to talk to the gun, right? So uh, and like change Siri. its owner. So he couldn't yeah. say he couldn't say, uh, <laughs> "Hey Echo, uh, turn right. off uh, <laughs> no functions." You know, not not working for everybody. Boop. You know what? <laughs> you know where that fails though. They were in. There was one scene where he's uh, he's visiting the glass of of many broken glasses. Uh, Will is visiting uh, Doctor Spider Smith, mm-hmm. and when he's in there, he is he is giving voice commands to the gun and the door, yep. and they both are lock and unlock. And I'm like, which one's he talking to? Is he talking to the door or talking to the gun? Because he's unlocking the door <laughs> yeah. and unlocking the gun. Yeah, is yeah. He, if he unlocks the door, does he actually unlock the gun? Yeah. So that's my that's my point, Brian. If you if you want to like if you want me to like this thing on the sort of TV show or summer popcorn movie level. It has to be smart where, you know, in these little places where it's just dumb. Mm-hmm. Right. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Also, Dr. Smith has the the bite, right? And the bite turns him into a giant spider one day. Mm-hmm. And at the end, they make reference to it. The big spider grabs him, is about to kill him, which, by the way, should kill him in theory if you're doing time travel. Anyway, whatever. Uh, he reaches around, does a little reach around on Dr. Smith and says, yeah, that little wound there has some, uh, has some sad side effects. You become a spider or whatever. And I thought, okay, well they'll revisit that then. Cause that needs to be fixed or else Dr. Smith will inevitably become this horrible spider creature. So let's deal with that. They never freaking deal with it. Like he's no. still got the wound. So do time bubbles work the same as regular time travel? Does well, it when did he get bit? Up? Is it an alternate? Is it? Oh, I see what you I mean. I, I, generally speaking, yeah. I, I don't think there's even such a thing as a time bubble. Is there? Is, right. is that based on some theory that there's like a little wheels wheels theory in this movie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's made up. But the, but the right. movie is not. Made up. If you get time bubbles, can you just take some gas X? <laughs> right, right. Bring the time bubble up. Come yeah. on, time release gas X. You have to it has to be a nice slow release <laughs> into your system, or it won't work. But the idea of a time bubble is kind of okay, except I just don't like the physicality of it. Like oh, it's a yeah. real bubble with a membrane. I got to crawl through. That's like a wind tunnel. Wee! Like that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and like like right. if there's a time, uh, I don't know. Star Trek does this stuff better. That's the feeling right. I walked away with. It was like this would be a better Trekkie thing than than it is whatever it is now. Also, their ship design was bad. If you're gonna make fighter ships, this is very early in the movie. Oh yes, but you know it can't all be. It's all window there in the front. What, yeah. are, you, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Mm-hmm. You're in, a, you're in a habit trail ball. I didn't understand that either. <laughs> I don't know if we were fascinated with some There's kind of yeah. people in glass spaceships. Yeah, it should be shooting lasers. Should drive people. through asteroid fields. <laughs> I'm but I'm gonna give should it. Drive through planets. I I had a note. I had a note here to give them some credit for some. I thought that looked really cool, and that was when they decided to fly into the sun. And then hit the hyperdrive yeah, to yeah, hit the drive whatever. Yeah, that that, was pretty that cool. looked cool as crap. Thing. And when it came out yeah. the other side, there was like a little bit of sun crap left that was just like right. sort of flaring out. 
I mean, it, all of it's ridiculous, that was a but cool, that was a cool effect. That was neat. Yeah, that was super cool. Mm-hmm. And also, if that planet would have blown up at the rate that it blew up at the end, twenty feet behind him, it looked like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Come on, like. Yeah. Really, you got caught in the. There was other worse thing. Ugh, I don't know. All of that stuff. It was very uneven. Moments of like, oh, right. that's cool, and then moments of like, no, no, no. We know enough about space in ninety eight to know that that's not going to work. Um, one thing in my notes. Uh, aside from Sid and Nancy, I don't think I've ever heard Gary Oldman swear. Yeah. So when you when you see him go, uh, you know, pop up over the mountain, go, oh shit. Yes, that <laughs> follow up really, joke. Yeah. It does seem really weird, but like. He swears up and down in uh, mm-hmm. in Sid and Nancy, and I'm trying to think if there's any other big sweary Gary Oldman movies. I guess Shit. probably that he did uh, he <laughs> the sw- true romance. Yeah, he swore in that, and he swore pretty pretty good in the uh, in the Book of Eli. Um, right. Oh, I haven't one, seen that. That's a great movie. And then we, what's, we, what's yeah. the other one? Um, there's one other one where he swore a ton. Oh, the professional. He's bad guy in professional. He swore. Oh, a ton. right, right, right. Yeah. yeah, I've seen something not long ago where Gary Oldman was cursing, and they were bleeping him for comedic effect. Oh, interesting. I don't, I don't oh, really? know what it was, but it was like some. It was <laughs> like some, that. you know, like laugh or die kind of video. Mm, right, right. Funny, and I don't remember dad? anything else about it except he was cursing and getting bleeped. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> also, laugh or die. I also forgot that he, uh, Goldman, was on Friends for a few episodes, yes. wasn't he? Yes, he was. He, a, was. he was actually. I remember definitely in one episode he was uh, an was... actor mentor kind of to Joey uh, for Joey. Yeah, he yeah. he was the spitting. He was the spitting actor. He kept. Uh, spitting for effect while he was while he was talking to right, and he got drunk he or something and couldn't yes. act. Right. So Joey had to step in or something like that. And this would have been all about the same Joey time. that uh, when you want to look serious, you just you just look like somebody he farted. Yeah, yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good stuff, dude. Joey's that funny. Was... Joey's freaking funny on Friends. Oh, yeah. I found I found what I was thinking of a oh. few years ago. Uh, he appeared in this Jimmy Kimmel sketch, or maybe a couple of consecutive sketches where he came out against uh athletes being actors yeah mm. and he cursed a, a ton and that's like jimmy kimmel's stick right yeah a little mm-hmm. bit Bleep, mm-hmm. bleeping bleeping stuff yeah he liked yeah, that and unnecessary uh right. this weekend unnecessary censorship yeah right right which is a you know so, that's a good time there was a couple yeah. of, i kept trying to find nods to friends because i kept feeling like they were probably going to have a couple of little nods <laughs> in this movie to friends and that was the oldman thing which i think that was just peripheral and then I, I remember I was trying to connect the dots on the banana beef uh, meal that he was eating. Do you guys remember that? He was eating banana beef. Banana beef? Banana, be- banana beef. That was like the, 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 the freeze-dried food that they were eating uh, oh, in, okay. in one scene. And I was like, is that supposed to be like the custard that Rachel made with the beef? During that one scene, so I, I was think, like trying really hard. I think really sometimes hard. a cigar is just a cigar. Yeah, right exactly. Now. And I was like, I was like, is that monkey supposed to be Marcel from the first? Yeah. The first. Start season? looking for all your friends' connections. Yeah. yeah. Is, is uh, Spider Smith supposed to be ugly naked guy? Yeah. Right, right. Right. Is it supposed to be? I'm gonna find a connection here. I just know it. Oh yeah. my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and Matt LeBlanc's whole character. What about that? Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, yeah no. Oh, wrong, Joey. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, we. Always, this happens all the time. We get those mixed. How up. many things of how many things of future past did you guys find? Because they kept referring to stuff that shouldn't be mm. uh, in 2050, like uh, references to Tupperware mm-hmm. uh, raid. Uh, well, I, poor my, tattoo, 
poor tattoo removal. I mean, 2050, we can't do better than a big old scar for tattoo removal. No, I, I completely agree. There was the my favorite was the sponsor of the of the mission was Silicon Graphics. Yeah, and yeah, uh, that was supposed to be Coke. Mm-hmm. According to the trivia, it was Coke, and then they had a something falling out, and they used another sponsor. And it's probably better for it. I don't think Absolutely. Coke would have irritated yeah. me, but yeah. but Silicon Graphics like the they Bell and they but man, they right? literally <laughs> showed like a 12 inch. CRT monitor with like an old stand-up, like one of those old Silicon Graphics workstations, and I just thought, yeah, that's what you're going to yeah. show in 2050. If you want us to make that damn Gary Oldman spider thing, then you're going to put our logo <laughs> all over this stupid movie. You're not wrong. I think that's that, that was state of the art then. That's what you used. Yeah. So yeah, loved it. That's loved so it. Dumb dude. Another thing I hold uh, and the the thing the technology that was there. Okay, so let's talk about technology that annoyed us. Right, I mentioned right. a couple of them, but the thing that annoyed me the most was that barber chair they had in the middle of the ship that oh, could yeah. go to the ceiling. I did not understand yeah. why that thing could travel up on a pole to the ceiling. I'm like, why not just turn off gravity or have some a jetpack? Or how about not put your technology on the ceiling? Hmm. Uh, that, that just kind of irritated me for some reason. They didn't do much with gravity except for that scene where they got to use their matrix cameras. Uh, right, right. Uh, that looked yeah. really bad and weird, by the way. So the, uh, and they didn't right. use the, the gap, the gap yeah. freeze frame. <laughs> yeah, whatever they called that. Yeah, whatever that is. We get like twelve cameras set up, and you take a mm-hmm. shot with all of them. And I love it's a, that. And I, I wish they'd do that more again because I think it's such a cool effect. Oh, it's great. It's, and they do it. But, I mean, now it's so much better. Like back then, the cameras kind of blew, and it looked blurry and kind of. But well, can we believe just, that? Yeah. It's all everybody's making a pose that they were they weren't necessarily really going to make. Like right, Lacey right. Chabert is going with her hands up like this, yeah. and Heather Graham is going with her hands out like this. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Goofy, goofy LeBlanc position. is like squinting. Yeah, into the screen. Right, exactly. it's weird. <laughs> and anytime you have a bullet time shot, and once it's oh, you know when it ends, everybody's going to like fall down, and right, or, right. you know, and someone's going to get hit by a, a real bullet or something. Like so, you're expecting. You know the outcome. You're not paying attention to the beauty of the shot. Nope. You're just waiting for it to end. That Lacey or the Penny girl, by the way. Just I did some deep reading on her. She's got like a thousand. <laughs> she did. <laughs> it's time for a little deep reading. Uh oh. She, she's <laughs> in a sidetrack. She's in a ton of cartoons, a handful of video games, but that's really her career now. It's all cartoon. Well, yeah, that and and uh, Hallmark gotta... made for TV movies because uh, one of the things that comes up when you search for Lacey Chabert because I did some deep reading too. Mm-hmm. What that... do you mean? Is you get a mix of her wedding, her actual wedding photos, and wedding photos from a Hallmark movie, but they're kind of, they're kind of all shuffled together. So right. it's like, all right, well, here's she's with with a dude. Here she's with a prince. Which is which? Yeah. <laughs> which is the real wedding? Which is the fake? Yeah, I wonder. I mean, does she? I assume she talks like that normal, right? Like this is just her straight yeah, up voice? Her, her voice. Well, yeah, but I think it's this is also her as a teenager. Yeah. yeah, it's probably tempered down quite a bit. She talks a little bit like that in Mean Girls, but I think that that's again that was a younger Lacey Chabert as well. There's a lot Chabert. of there's a big. I guess she was in Maxim in 2013, so there's a lot of that out there. <laughs> you'll see a lot of if you want to see Maxim, you'll see a lot of that. Yeah, if you're gonna do any of that deep reading I'm talking about, just that's deep what reading with a copy of yeah. Maxim. <laughs> what are you doing in there? I'm deep reading. You'll run into that. <laughs> I want to look at naked ladies without the naked. But she's uh, she's unusual. I find her very strange in this movie. Was... But attractive, right? We can agree that she's. Well, attractive, I don't know. Right? Is she? It's more like I don't know. I feel like I'm very attractive. Very attractive now, but 
you know, it's hard to look at her as a teenager and say, oh, yeah, hubba hubba, hubba, hubba because yeah. she's a teenager and we're 40 year old men. Yes. Right. <laughs> but also she looks like she looks like a uh, like she's trying to be uh, Peter Pan, sort of. You know what I mean? Like there's a Peter Pan quality to her. She could easily right. be Peter Pan is what I'm saying. Let me get that out of, right out. See that. She should have been huh. Peter Pan is what I'm saying. I'd watch that. I'd watch that. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, here's a <laughs> here's a trope. A, oh, no, I already said this trope. Well, I'll play it anyway. A girl goes for the dude in the end, even though he's a dick. So there's that. I freaking hate that. Yeah. Well, she's got to. Well, she left a nerd behind. Yeah. Well, she, <laughs> did, she did say it was on credit. So she <laughs> can recall that if, you know, if he doesn't change his dickish ways. Right. Right. So I was all ready to yell at the movie for having uh, the ship. So it blew up, right, while he's still down there. Right. And right. I was all ready to be mad after he gets teleported to it right before it blows up that it wouldn't blow up again. And then they oh, right. they fixed it by mm-hmm. saying, you know, oh, we should go through the planet, whatever. Uh, yeah, that don't fix nothing. It's that, just, that makes me angry. I agree. It's a terrible solution. But I think it says something about the movie as a whole that I expected them to not do that right. That I went into that ah. already mad. I wrote here. I wrote, wait, why did they still blow up when he or why didn't they still blow up when he went into the ship with them? And I didn't erase it after I saw that. Oh, okay, because he had another plan. He changed him. But yeah. I think that says something about the predictability of the movie, and that's where maybe I have my biggest problem: is everything, everything feels like you're in service of the big bang and the big moment and the whatever, and you're not right. really constructing the foundation. You're not fleshing out these characters. You're not making believable plot turns. You don't explain yourself when you do something kind of magical. Explain yourselves. I, I yeah, need and they still do the they still do the garbage way of time travel, which is um, if they don't get stranded on the the, the the planet, yeah. then the ship won't be there, and old Will Robinson won't be there to help him with the time travel for sending Doctor Robinson back onto the ship. Yeah. So it's I like this you know, movie introduces so many new stupid ideas that you can't even think about the last <laughs> one. It's like you don't have time wanna, to go back and go. Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to I want to compliment Scott for crystallizing uh, some thinking I was having that I could not really put all together, which is if you're too predictable all the time, then when you actually uh, come up with a way to surprise me, I don't forgive you yeah. and, and go with the surprise. Yeah, it actually makes me a little mad that you... I don't know, it's weird. It's a, it's. a. I didn't expect any of this, honestly. The movie, the movie, when I saw it in theaters, you have the experience of giant screen, huge speakers, popcorn, bah, we're going to the movies, right? So it feels right. like, oh, okay, well, I got some of that here, and okay, cool. But when you watch it all these years later, you, yeah, the seams just, they're like big gaping holes, man. You're just like, this is rough. Like, I want, I, I, every time Brian says, oh, I own this on four DVDs and two Blu-rays, I, <laughs> I feel a little bad that I, you know, have such uh, disappointment in these kinds of things, but. I don't know. I, right. Well, I, I never watched these. These are kind of movies that I know not to watch on a small device or, you know, watch in a small, meager way. Every time I watch these kind of movies, I know to watch it in a big way. If I don't, I'm going to be disappointed. Yeah. I, so I ever, just don't do it. Do you guys ever wonder if film sack? So I, uh, this is an ex- existential question for me, but Ooh, cool. I feel like film sack has started to do a thing to me, uh, which isn't it's not a problem so much as it's just it's shaped me into a different kind of movie consumer and by that i mean 
we purposely go back to things that are thought to be classics but maybe don't hold up or sometimes they are great and they hold up and then many times they're like this where it was a lot of hype at the time but now you see it for what it is or whatever and and so we we have all these kinds of experiences across the film sack movies that we watch but it's made me into somebody who outside of film sack i avoid thin fare now i don't want yeah, right i don't want empty things like mm-hmm. yeah. i want to like the idea of sitting down and watching Transformers just makes me go, Ugh. I would rather go find some weird indie movie from some guy who was super passionate about his one idea that he had. I would much rather find, uh, uh, you know, some old Scorsese movie I didn't see growing up because I know that that thing's going to be thick and full of Scorsese-ness. And like I'm, I, I'm on the hunt for my own personal entertainment for really meaty, thoughtful, interesting stuff. And I feel like I no longer want any of the fluff. And that includes well, that includes even me feeling that way when I'll see stuff I love now, like a new Star Wars movie or one of the Marvel movies. A part of me goes, oh, this is today's fluff is tomorrow's film sack. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's hard to explain. If you, if you didn't have film sack, though, would you desire that stuff more? Does film sack, does, does going back and seeing this crap like we do mm-hmm. fulfill that one little piece of your, your soul that says, oh, I need a slice of processed cheese? I think so. I think that's maybe I don't my, always need Brie. I think this is <laughs> <laughs> Unless it's Brie Larson, then I always need Brie Larson. <laughs> or Allison or Brie. Yeah, or Al- that's who I meant. Who's Brie Larson? I can't think of who that is. Oh, that's uh, she's the... She's in Room and... Uh, yeah. and uh, she's the new Captain quick. Marvel, right? She's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's the new Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, I like her too. Anyway, the point is, yes, that's exactly <laughs> my, my thinking is that, that it it's because it fills that need and we get to explore it here together. And we get to right. talk about it and really hash it out, not just watch it randomly, but but whatever. But it, when I was younger, before I was ever doing the show, it, you couldn't stop me if an afternoon suddenly some crappy old thing would show up and I'd go, "Oh yeah, dude, we got to watch this." Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, "Nope, that'll be for film sack. I'm not doing it here." Like we, I've almost spoiled. <laughs> it's it's weird because we've elevated some some of the poopiness of movies. We've elevated it in film sack to a place where I love discussing it with you guys. Right. And then I don't, not any other version of that doesn't hold up to that. So I just right. don't, I don't want any of it outside of this. It's weird. I don't know. I'm, I'm actually, I'll tell you, film sack has turned me into, I was already a film buff. I love films, but film sack has made me, I, I don't know. In my mind, I feel like sometimes I'm like, my mind is like a blockbuster now. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of, I've put everything into like genres and it's okay for, you know, for me to go through a, a, you know, a phase where I watch a whole bunch of crap movies and I just enjoy that. And then I go over here and I watch a whole bunch of great movies and I want a big thinker. And so, uh, do you ever, does your mind ever, uh, charge you a fee if you're late with something? (laughs) If if I don't, if I don't rewind it, I will definitely get the 25 cent charge. Right. You, and uh, so that's why I bought my own rewinder <laughs> at home now. Yeah. When you ask oh, yourself, am I hungry? Does a guy in a blue, uh, a blue polo come out and tell you? If you're, right, right. Okay. And then I go, why do you need my social security number blockbuster? You don't need that. <laughs> that's too funny. By the way, great right. documentary floating around about blockbuster almost buying netflix for 50 million dollars yeah, back yeah they the almost did it i remember back in the day i was like do it blockbuster do it they, they were never so did. Stupid. i worked for blockbuster growing up they're so. so dumb not to have done it i mean yeah, i don't they know just didn't see. maybe well, they're they trying to compete yeah and it may have ruined you know netflix but who knows but one but it's an interesting story 
And there's a whole thing about how the owner or the, sorry, the, the current CEO of that company sent Reed Hastings, CEO of Netflix, uh, a kitchen sink in the mail. And I won't tell you why for those listening, because it's more fun to learn about it yourself, but, uh, go seek that out. It's a Bloomberg documentary about Netflix and, uh, and blockbuster it's pretty interesting so scott i actually think there's something systemic to what you're talking about that uh maybe you know you don't recognize in the moment and that is um you know so i i love movies right i've been i've been like i i grew up in a in a family and in a time and place when it was movies were hard to to get your hands on i Mm. i so wanted to watch you know r-rated movies when i was 14 or whatever right and once I was able to, I I was like, now for the rest of my life, I am my own adult and I will eat cake for breakfast if I want to <laughs> eat cake for breakfast. And I started watching movies like crazy. And you still and, and at the time you had to make some effort. You mm-hmm. had to you know, you had to have a, a job where you were turning around and taking some of your money and giving it to a movie theater, which was not something that everybody did. And. So, you know, time goes by and then suddenly Netflix mm-hmm. and it's a completely different world now. Mm-hmm. And and I, uh, I I find that instead of that thing where I felt like I can't wait to see the next movie, you know, like a, a million people have said time spent in the theater is never time wasted. Right. Mm-hmm. I I now feel burdened by Wow, there's so many things. <laughs> You know, and and it, it it's it's not that you've necessarily become a more discriminating viewer, but that obviously the options have just been poured onto you to a point where you have to do some discrimination. You yeah, have to, right? Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. that's true. I think we're. I mean, we could stop right now and go to any number of streaming service, and and find anything we want right now. <laughs> Like, like it's crazy that we can do that. And it's also weird um, how the effect it has on the current generation of kids growing up. My kids, Nick especially, he's 17, just turned 17. He has this, his favorite show on TV is the Dick Van Dyke show. He doesn't, he's not watching any of the other stuff that we're all watching, all the cutting edge, whatever, you know, Better Call Saul or whatever. He's not into that. What he's into is that and the Mary Tyler Moore show and the freaking uh, uh, Andy Griffith show and like these old black and white 60s era comedies are really doing it for him. And then on the other hand, you know, they love Seinfeld and they'll watch that forever. Well, it's weird because they're seeking, he's specifically, and I think this is true of a lot of his friends, they're seeking out stuff that they would otherwise never have access to. And we grew up, we didn't have some service where I could just go find out what was going on with the the Sid Caesar comedy hour like that didn't exist for us whereas our parents you know whatever they grew up with let's say laugh-in or something we couldn't go oh I'm gonna wa- I'm gonna binge watch laugh-in on Hulu that it didn't exist for us so what did right. we have we they had this stuff they fed 7 us p.m. on a Tuesday night or whatever right yeah. so they get this it's true with music movies all of it they've now they have this crazy multicultural multi-decade thing at their fingertips that we never had and it's I think it's significant. I think it's going to matter in the future. Like there's some that will have some weird impact that we don't quite know yet about right. them realizing that t- uh, time is sort of the same and every decade's really not all that different and everybody's sort of just they all think they came from some special time but really these are all just cycles of youth and age and I don't know. I uh, I'm getting so philosophical today I, but No, no, no. Yeah, but I I feel I feel bad actually because 
you know, okay, so my kid is on summer vacation now. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, uh, he decided all on his own to watch uh, My Little Pony on Netflix. And there's like a bunch of My Little Pony movies. Mm-hmm. And so he watched like five My Little Pony movies in a row on Netflix yesterday. Mm-hmm. Wow. And uh, and at the end of it all, he, he, he was sated. He had seen enough My Little Pony. And he never it, wants to done. see another little pony again. <laughs> well, maybe maybe not that. Maybe it didn't go that far. But I'm just saying he wasn't left with the desire to, you know, to see the next one. Yeah, right? Right, yeah, right. And he got too much, is in my opinion. Like and and the problem here is that My Little Pony is really good. Like it's very it, you know, it's very well made, it's entertaining. It's something that he doesn't get the experience of seeing a My Little Pony movie and then seeing the next one in five months, you know? Mm-hmm. And, mm. and, and as a result, he he mm. comes away with this different understanding of it than, I, you know, we would have when we were kids, you yeah. know, where, yeah. where we were watching one episode of a cartoon on a Saturday morning and then waiting a week to watch the next. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. And then <laughs> if you missed it or you had to pee or, you know, it's just so different today <laughs> like you had to get up and go and you and there was no dvr you didn't right, no pause it's like crap i hope they show like eight more cereal commercials because i've really got to pee i mean I, and i realize the elephant in the room here is there is no film sack without this phenomenon we don't have it without it like the reason we get to do this at all is because we have this vast resource and right. at a very low price and it's just i mean it's kind of amazing it's pretty amazing so so to that end well done lost in space you're a thing <laughs> right you're a shitty thing i can get 20 years later oh we're almost 20 years by the way on this yeah program. we are just you're shy, that's insane right? that's insane think about that for a second when we were when i was let's see when i was 14 years old in 1985 right right 20 years before that was 1965 right <laughs> hold on yeah 1965 the difference between 65 and 85 feels like eons of difference yeah yeah i just culturally like what has changed in that amount of time advances in technology like it's crazy 20 years now it's like nothing like 98 (laughs) nothing's happened since 98 nothing i had cell phones in 98 you know like there's no big deal it's not that big a difference anyway the internet i had the internet i had mp3 you had the internet now you didn't have the internet you had something that resembled something i was not the internet i was yeah that's true but i was playing starcraft one i was playing half-life like i had 3d accelerators in 1998 (laughs) i had a 3d daughter card i I mean come on what do you want from me (laughs) i had a a voodoo too exactly so it's just weird i don't i feel like time's different now i don't know I'm sure it's, it's like my perception. It's flying by or something, man. It's probably just my perception, and that's fine. And I'm probably right. everyone. It's like it's like we're in a time bubble. Could be. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. By the way, I looked up time bubbles to see what other movies use those. Uh, only thing that comes up is that Disney Sum Sum game. There's, you know, oh. I couldn't oh, find Sum-Sum. any. Yeah, yeah, couldn't find any other <laughs> time bubble references in <laughs> in movies. People are like, nah, it's a dumb concept. It's Let's dumb. not use it. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting, but yeah, it was it was definitely it was that's dumb. what's great about sci-fi though. Sci-fi allows you to have a story and anything is possible. And if you need a device to allow you to quickly move through your story, then you can create something stupid like the teleporter. You can and then you can, but that and that in turn excites 
everybody and we all want this technology. No, I agree, so it, I agree with drives. you. I agree with you. But usually the best science fiction is based on notions of, of probability. So like if right. you teleportation, while not pop, possible today, in theory can happen. It's just right. we don't have the tech to, to, to harness it. So Time, you're telling me yeah. I could be like Mike TV and you're telling me one day I may be able to be teleported from a camera my normal size and then be shrunk down? No. Is that what you're saying? That's the wrong oh. one. The one I mean is no. like Star Trek, <laughs> like move your molecular con construct from one place to another. That that in theory could work. Warp drive in theory could work. Like I like science fiction with its hands in the science right, in the right. science cookie jar a little bit. And I'm and I'm okay with if and you know this is one of the things that bothered me about the movie was I hate that I don't hate that they go through the planet as a way or means to get past something. I think I'm always pissed that the actor always plays it like it's some huge epiphany, like no one ever mm. in the history of space travel has ever thought we should slingshot around it or we should go through it. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. that's the way if, if, if we all want to agree that going through the planet is the most logical thing to do, then let's just all go, oh, wait, you know what? We're going to go through the planet. Here we go. Yeah, <laughs> it is the, the stupidest <laughs> thing in the movie. It's so dumb. How'd you know? Don't like you just solved something. Yeah. Also, how do you know your ship's going to fit through this tiny little freaking it's not. earth tube? <laughs> that was so dumb. All right. I have, I have a number of clips, all of them entertaining, I believe. Cool. And uh, I'm going to play them now. Uh, let's start with this one here from... Oh, I wrote, already dumb immediately is the name of this clip. So <laughs> okay, last one to kill a bad guy buys the beer. Okay. Right. I spent so much time trying to figure out that game. <laughs> yeah, and I did it, too. I finally got it, but it does not it, it does not immediately impress on you what he is talking about. Yeah. Because, right. because I'm thinking there are a finite number of bad guys and we are going to kill all of them. And I don't understand how the last person, the last bad guy to get killed, whoever killed that person has to buy the beer. I think that the the person who kills the last bad guy is actually the best. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he, he finished the fight. It <laughs> takes me like a long time. And like later in the movie, I go, oh, <laughs> he means the last first pilot yeah. to kill a bad guy. Yeah. And it's just like, why did this? Why did this make it into the movie? It's terrible. It's yeah. terrible. Yeah. It's bad. Um, here's Morgan, who does not sound right. Gate control. This is Ranger One. Engines will not respond. Come on, come on. I don't and know why he did the gravelly voice. Yeah. But I felt like it. we, like this was an ad for the Lego Batman movie. Please <laughs> right. open that thing. Will Lego Arnett's, Batman is yeah. so great. It was like I'm Will going, Arnett. Yeah. I'm going straight for the starport. I can't stop. Yeah. Buy me a beer. What am I going to do? It's really Keep dumb. those zombies away from me. So bad. <laughs> uh, Star Wars called and they want their joke back, I wrote here. So there you go. To jeopardize. Never liked that station anyway. Oh, that's familiar. Uh, By the yeah. way, Star Wars called and they want their music back. There were so many Star Wars riffs. Yeah. Jetsons want their sound effects back, too. That's the other thing. People on Twitter, was as I was prepping the movie and watching it that night, and I always tweet about it and stuff, a lot of response was, oh, best soundtrack ever, though, best soundtrack ever. And I kept thinking, are soundtrack. we watching the same damn movie? And I think what they were all talking about is that remix song at the end. Yes. Um, best, yeah. best song, but, boy, the rest of the soundtrack felt, again, like, like I was on... Um, Space Mountain, the newly redone Space Mountain ride at Disneyland, where you've got the music in your 
the speakers around your head. It felt like that right. the whole time. Yeah. It, it was so never... amped up. I It was the first credits I'd ever seen up to that point that was just like, wow, credits can be amped up because usually when the credits go, they're like, here's the story. We're done. Here's the people who did the thing. <laughs> and But this one was like, <laughs> lost in space. Yeah. That was kind of, that reminds me of new stuff. Like a lot of new movies do that now where they yeah, yeah. freak out at the end and, and this is the first time I had seen that. Yeah, the one the Wonder Woman, which I saw recently, did that. Um, and speaking yeah. of which, that Wonder Woman soundtrack, awesome, really, really great, good, great, yeah. great stuff. It's mm-hmm. one of the best of the year by far. Um, here's a derpy reporter. Okay, so here's that lady. Can't you just use the Jupiter's uh, hyper engine to zap straight to Alpha Prime? Hyperspace exists beneath normal space. If you try to enter hyperspace without a gate. Your exit vector is random. There's no telling where you'd come out. There you go. There's your, there's your setup. Kind of like mm. taking a crap in the bathroom and being nowhere near the toilet. It's not a and bad idea. It's just a bad to- idea. Toilet. And just to break it down for you, like, the, where, why didn't anybody think about the continuity here? So uh, they've got 10 years to get to the other side where they're going to build the take other gate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. So it's going to take them 10 years to get to where they're going to build the receiver gate, right? Yeah. Now, this is all to save the planet, Yeah. okay? Yeah. going to take them 10 years to get there, and Earth only has 20 years to go before everybody dies. We're cutting it kind of close. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't understand that. I yeah. didn't understand why, mm-hmm. they went, why they went to sleep. I'm like, couldn't you be building crap on your way? Why, why are you going to sleep for 10 years? Yeah, yeah we're, we're, we're cutting it really close, and by the way, from the moment that everything goes haywire and they get launched across space for the rest of the movie, we completely forget about the fact that we're trying to save all of humanity. Yeah. It, that, that is just like discarded thought. You know, and, and I, did, had, I instantly had no sympathy for uh, the human race when they launched a ship into space. And so the first time they had, they had a whole bunch of crap around the ship, they, pull, they peeled that back. They shot that into space, and then they blew a bunch of space debris out. I'm like, no wonder. We're freaking the biggest polluters in the freaking galaxy. We don't even deserve <laughs> to live. all the crap we leave behind. <laughs> yeah, no, it's true. Space debris. But as, uh, there's a cool new story we talked about on the Daily Tech News show this week, but there's this company NASA's working with, I guess. I don't know what it means. They've given them a contract to maybe develop it out, but they want to go to space and add on to the ISS and other oh, nice. space structures and to and instead of building new habitat habitat stuff here and flying it up there, they want to fly up into Earth orbit and recapture a bunch of spent fuel. Um, nice. What do you call those? This uh, whatever they are, the, the right, right. fuel the stage, the tanks. Yeah, yeah, the tanks from the yeah. rockets that have been just left out there because they all just get left. It's just space junk after they're done. Millions of dollars worth of stuff just left to float and never come back. And they want to get that stuff, line it with like you know you know whatever make it livable put some, put some put some wallpaper on it yeah paint it. basically <laughs> and then hook it all together and like attach it to other parts of the space station and stuff anyway just it's a pretty cool idea just take all we're the gonna old shit. take all the space junk and we're oh my god we're sanford and son in space yeah <laughs> totally burn it burn it totally burn it burn it totally dude uh, anyway, so there's that. Let's see. I got another one here. This is, um, what's this? Oh, the name, uh, oh, the name, the name, the name, the name. Anyway, whatever. There's a lot of space out there to get lost. In. Oh, <laughs> that's what it was. Yeah. He names the movie. I meant, yeah, that's right. what I meant. Yeah, uh, and, and it was appropriate. 
Yeah. yeah, it was appropriate that you followed the song movie title uh, clip with the name of the movie. Name, being yeah, spoken by exactly. Yeah, I agree. Like, um, well, like we didn't know what we were watching anymore, and we had to be reminded. <laughs> that cool song at the end, by the way, would have been a lot better if they didn't put voice samples from the movie in it. I hate when yes, movies do that. Yeah, I hate that. What's the other one we saw that did that? Was it um, Dragnet? Dragnet has a really cool uh-huh. song, but it's just full of actors talking. Art of Noise with little, yeah, right, with little bits of Aykroyd and Hanks in there. It's annoying. It, you don't have to do that. It makes you realize how bad the dialogue in the movie was. Why would you want to do that? Yeah. Don't don't remind mm-hmm. me. Immortalize it for generations. Yeah. Here's uh, me saying that she drove me up a tree. I'm assuming this is about Penny, so here we go. This mission sucks. I don't want to leave early. You know, I don't, I don't want to go at all. We will discuss this at dinner. For the last three years, I've missed everything. Training, so I can spend the next ten years missing everything else. I'm not staying home for dinner. All right, she going out. Uh, no wonder she does the cartoon voiceover stuff. It's I mean, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She can do a little kid on. forever. You know, yep. Always do the the. That's you get big money in animation. You live on for. There's a reason that people always say, "Why is The Simpsons 26 years old?" I can tell you the, the simple reason. Well, one, it's you know popular, but two, every actor in it is doesn't matter how old they get, they play kids. Yardley right. Smith still sounds like Yardley mm-hmm. Smith. Yeah, she's Lisa forever. So making bank. Yeah, they do mm-hmm. just fine. I think those Bob's Burgers people are smart. They did the same thing, and it also have a lot of dudes playing ladies and. I don't know. I just feel like they're going to go on forever because of it. Um, here's a cold. Oh, I, this is a great line. I like this line. That's one cold fish I'd love to thaw. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, all right. Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah, does it mean? We've had two weeks of bad sexual innuendos. Right. The enemy of the state was like, I'd like to observe you. Or I can't remember what it was. Yeah, what was. was that? I don't remember either. It was bad, though. I'd like to put that cold fish under my arm until it warms up and softens <laughs> up so I can eat it. <laughs> so it tastes I can, like fit fish pits. I want to eat fish pit. Fish pit. <laughs> uh, here's the robot. Robot is online. Reviewing primary directives. One, preserve the Robinson family. Uh-huh. That's about to get tweaked, mm-hmm. everybody. You spend danger. the whole movie. Mm. You spend the entire movie waiting for that robot to say "Danger, Will Robinson." Yes, and you then do. When he finally does, oh, it's kind okay. of a letdown. It just, no. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not great. It's a missed it opportunity. Makes the robot want to say "Danger, Will Robinson." Yeah. Also, don't call him robot. You could have changed that yeah. for the movie. It's robot. a dumb idea. That's a '60s idea. Don't do that. Uh, here's what. Oh, he was. Robot also- has a new job. Robot <laughs> says. The following presentation is presented with limited commercial interruptions <laughs> by Menon. He does sound like a, like the movie phone yeah. guy. It bit. does, yeah. Tell me what movie you want to see. All right. <laughs> Here's a, I wrote, he is also in Friends. I don't know who I, I'm probably talking about Gold, or uh, not Goldman. Oldman. 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 <laughs> Goldman. Oldman. You know, the German, uh, the, uh, the Jewish guy that played uh, Gary Oldman. All right, here we go. I thought I told you never to call me here. The transmission signal will be traced. Jeez, twist that mustache, okay. buddy. Uh, Joey is bad, I wrote. You're coming with us. Doubt it's a question. I am a doctor, not a space explorer. No, what you are is a murderous saboteur. And I am not leaving you on this ship so you can do more harm than you've already caused. <laughs> Acton. <laughs> He's not, it's called Acton. He's not great at it. He's great. I mean, he was great in Friends. He's great on that other thing that was on Showtime. He's great. I like him a lot, but not here. Uh, never breed. Major West, I highly recommend you never breed. Well, that's a 
That hurts. That's a painful thing mm-hmm. to say to somebody. Oh, yeah. You know, keep your keep meanie. Your, yeah, keep your seed away from her egg. <laughs> uh, William Hurt must be embarrassed now, is what I wrote here. So here you go. Finding a route to Alpha Prime. Yes. Downloading to Jupiter. Wow. <laughs> I, remember, I remember that scene. I was like, what is he so jazzed about? <laughs> it came off so stilted. It's so horrible. Uh, bums me out because he's so good in all things except this. Yeah, the accidental tourist, everybody, right there, ladies and gentlemen, yep. the accidental tourist. <laughs> That's your guy. The do- remember the doctor? Remember that movie? Yeah, he yeah. was a doctor with cancer, and then there was a what was the other one I really liked uh, him broadcast in broadcast news. Yeah, he had a good turn in that. I just saw uh, uh, history of violence. Finally, I was telling you the other day, and oh, he's in the end of that. So good. Yeah, he's great in that. Here's a oh, here's a rude thing to say to a nerd. No offense, but you're an egghead with an honorary rank. Yeah, no offense. Don't take any offense by that. It doesn't even say. It doesn't even sound like he says the line "honorary." Honorary. That's what I thought too. Honorary. How do you say this word again? Let me try that again. No offense, but you're an egghead with an honorary rank. Yeah, he doesn't say it right. Honorary. Don't take another take. Honorary. Aluminum honorary. Joey. (laughs) Joey, don't take multiple takes. He says. Uh, Here's. Whatever this is. Now, if you've finished hosing down the decks with testosterone, I suggest you Ugh. come with me. Ugh. Ugh. Hey, Ugh. hey, hey, who wins in the <laughs> pissing contest? Nobody. I'm sorry. Is there anybody, when she says that line, is there anybody who doesn't visualize William Hurt and Gary Oldman with their, or uh, uh, Matt Wankies. LeBlanc with their wieners out, like yeah. pissing all over the floor? Yeah, no, they that's do. all I see. Hosing down the deck with your testosterone? Jeez. Yeah. Although you Put shouldn't. it away, Mimi Rogers. Yeah, keep it in your pants. All right. Here's your, uh, your, your, a warning. Warning. Okay, there's that. <laughs> not, no, not. Ch- chill out. It's not danger yet. Warning. It's just, just warning. 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 I'm going to use this all the time. Warning. For other things. So mm-hmm. get used to it. Warning. Okay, I'm already sick of it. I'm never using it again. <laughs> I'm, I'm used to it already. Here's a, here's a laugh. Oh, ha, ha. All right. There's that. I have to make my own friends. <laughs> <laughs> I got another. I get I got... why the robot simulates laughter, but why does he do the oh? Like robots don't suddenly right. realize something and then go right. oh oh ha ha. But I, oh, I thought the ha, same ha. thing too. Yeah. And then I rationalized it by the fact that he said that he fused Will's personality oh, yeah. and oh, with sure. it. Oh sure, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's the that's the excuse for everything about robot is yeah, that right. Will Robinson is in his brain. Yep. Personality. Uh, your new girlfriend's mouth covered in cold sores. Warning. Okay. Uh, you. I'm trying to think of good warnings. Like, um, there's uh, it's the milk is uh, milk in the fridge is over two weeks old. <laughs> Warning. Yeah. Your somebody left the toilet seat up and in there, uh, the water's a little high. Warning. That usually means it's backed up, oh, and if you flush it, man, you're, you're correct. Is there correct. anything worse yeah. than going to use a toilet that you're unfamiliar with and oh. the water's really high? I always yeah. have Just to like... flush it first. <laughs> always flush it first because even if it spills over, it's Not better that it did it before you did your business. You know right, what I mean? Yeah. And then go, yeah. go oh, so sorry, you're visiting somebody. Sorry. Uh, uh, Warning. Your toilet is overflowing. <laughs> That tweet you're about to reply to is coming from a guy who's using the default Twitter a- uh, avatar. There you go. Warning. <laughs> yep. Warning. See, you got a got direct a... message from Anthony Weiner. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got some secret tape from uh, Ibbit's prom date. Uh, this oh, is good. unusual. Was it uh, warning? <laughs> I can't think of any. Warning. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not it. It's this. Here you go. This gun is set to fire for me only. 
So don't try anything funny. Yeah, you gotta you gotta be careful mm-hmm. with them in the back seat of a limo. So uh, bring your smart gun with you. I'm the only one who knows how to operate this gun. That's right. Here's warning. your <laughs> warning. <laughs> Here's a sweary kid. Oh shit. A boy of your intelligence should never swear. All right, great. And then he immediately does. That was so funny. Yeah, that was real good. Set up, pay off. Yeah. yeah. I didn't record the last part because I was too <laughs> irritated with it. All right, here is, uh, I wrote too dramatic. It's 16 seconds long. <gasps> Listen to that. That's classic stuff, man. Yeah, where's Cary Grant and freaking, I mean, come right. on. That is the yeah. thing, right? I mean, it's yeah. it's 1965 era theme music done with tw- uh, 1998 instruments or 19 yeah, yeah. yeah 1998 instruments. Yeah, and I liked but, it, but it just over and over it felt like it was ripping things off. Like there were moments when I was going, "Oh wow, they just totally copied how Star Wars sounds musically." And then here, I'm like, "Oh look, Gone with the Wind, yeah. Casablanca, totally like- Gone with the Wind." That's a good one. Yep, that's what it reminded me of. But mm-hmm. that's where we end yeah. our clips because. I'm being told that I'm sorry, I'm slow on the uptake here. Here we go. I'm told that this is a thing in my hand. Warning. All right. Here is your <laughs> Here is your uh, checklist everybody. The film sack checklist. Uh it goes like this. Where why can't I find it? There it is. It is uh, all 90s movies had molded boob compartments in their spacesuits check yes yes <laughs> at least we didn't have any nipples we we were right, saved no that. bat nipples not yet yeah, anyway right. was that the same year roughly the same year wasn't it Pretty, bat, yeah, batman and robin yeah, yeah yeah the the boob the problem with the boob plate in this movie it, is that it gives you a breast size hierarchy that you do not uh, want nope right right <laughs> nope you're right that's a good way to put that um also ooh, they eat their wounded check and Mimi Rogers, and I forgot to write the rest of it, but I had something to say with her, and I forgot. So it says Mimi Rogers. So check. <laughs> check. Uh, no check. Star That's, Trek uh, stuff. No we have uh, Venton, or sorry, Velton Ray Bunch. Uh, he's a composer for this movie and did a bunch of additional music for it as well. He also composed music for 13 episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, won an Emmy for Outstanding Music, music Composition for a series for the episode Similitude in 2004. <laughs> Similitude. Similitude. <laughs> Which is a lot like saying uh, this word. Scrutiny. No, it's nothing like scrutiny. <laughs> it's good, though. Soundtrack grade, I give it a B for boring. I didn't find any of it inter- interesting Aww. until that song at the end. It was boring. It was just a nondescript, crappy, mm-hmm. fake well, I had a good time with it. I guess I'm just nondescript. And- Listen, are you going to go download it and play it? I mean, no, you're not. Right. Playing it right now in the yeah. background. Okay, can't even hear you, Scott Johnson. I'm turning it up. You got your earbuds in, and That's you're right. on your way. Uh, it is now time for the Twitter post, where we sum it up in 140 characters or less. Let's begin this little thing with Randy. Lost in space. William Hurt, Mimi Rogers, Heather Graham, Lacey Chabert, Gary Oldman, and Matt LeBlanc are here to prove once and for all, it's really not about casting. <laughs> Only it really is. <laughs> Well done, casting. Uh, Brian Dunaway. Lost in space. Like an ass sack of baby space spiders. Yep. An ass sack of baby space spiders. Danger. <laughs> All right. Well done. Also, Brian Ibbett. Well, I crossed out Lost in Space, Lawnmower Spider Man. <laughs> <but, laughs> so I replaced it with Lost in Space, 
Hey, Robinsons, why would you just sit there and look at the giant space spiders and not run away? Says the guy who sat through two hours of Lost in Space and didn't <laughs> run away. Danger. Well done. Uh, it's good to know that you also saw Lawnmower Man as soon as he popped out of that thing. Oh, as soon sure. as you see the face, it's yeah. Lawnmower Man all yeah. up in that business. Yep. And when, like, when the monkey pops out, everybody sees Ro- Roger Rabbit. Like, yeah. it's just no way getting around help. it. Oh, uh, I saw an apom. You saw napalm? From, uh, no, just just an apom from uh, Pokemon. Oh, oh, a Pokemon. I thought you said napalm, and I'm thinking oh, that's I know. weird. And and apom, not a napalm. Got it. Got it. Stow that shit, Hudson. See that guy's name, his name is napalm. I'm, I brought it all back around to movies, everybody. Oh, that's not the right thing to click. Okay, here we go. Hey, it's the alternate title just handed to me. Okay, stick with me here. Penny from heaven. Get it? Penny. Penny. <laughs> okay, I see. Just like pennies from heaven, but penny from heaven. Yeah. Or the world according to Blarp. That's a good one. Blarp. Mm, <laughs> That's a good one. Football over the posts. Right, I like that one right. a lot. Uh, all right. Let's get <laughs> kids. Ask your parents about the world according to Garp. All right, because I'm not going to explain it. Here's Michigan Adam. Adam from Michigan wrote in. I have three quick emails, short emails today. I just want to get through all three of these. First one from Adam says, hey, Sackers, been listening to the show for the past couple of years and absolutely love it. You guys make my drive home from work bearable, but I do have a question. What is a chick in a bucket? What's the reference? <laughs> Thanks. Still hoping for an inner space review. Adam from Michigan. Well, Adam, I think we just may have explained this last week, and so he may have heard this, right. but uh, it's from Will Smith's Wild Wild West. In the early scenes, he was with some girl in a bucket. On top right. of a roof, and there was a water tower. Wild, wild, yeah, right. yeah, yeah. And then like they, a bucket. And then they fell. The bucket fell, action right. style. And he rolled out right. of it okay. And she was never and to be heard from again. He he comes out of it okay, and instantly goes on an adventure mm-hmm. that lasts the rest of the movie. Yeah, that's the the key about this trope is there's zero resolution for the other character that we've just been introduced to. Right. She is just stuck in that bucket the rest of the movie. Right. And there's variations to it. Like the monkey creature in this is kind of one because it's just never, it's like it was useless. What a waste of whatever money that cost too. Like you didn't need right. the damn thing. Mm-hmm. But, but, if you ask me, it was $5 well spent. Yeah. You think so? Oh geez. I think <laughs> back then I'll bet that was pricey. I'll bet that stuff was hard and, you know, he had right. to hold it and look like it was with him, kind of Roger Rabbit style with CG. I think that was kind of new. Anyway, there's all that. Uh, got an email from Bernie Walter who wrote in and says, hey, guys, two things. One, Nightmare on Elm Street. Three, Dream Warriors is currently streaming on Hulu. Yeah. He says, y'all need to get it. And then yes, two, it has Lawrence Fishburne in it. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I didn't remember that. Oh, oh, wow. I, I've never seen it, so I don't know who's in it. But Yes. I want pretty to, safe for us to do a Hulu uh, a Hulu deal I as opposed to Netflix. Is. I think so. Their free service still has a commercial version of it. Um, right. Okay, people could watch. I think. <laughs> okay. All right. I mean, I want to do that one. So yeah, it'll be yeah. post nerdacular, but we'll we'll don't worry, people. We'll get to it. And then finally, Ian from Wales, not from the. I mean, like from the place. <laughs> he says, "Hi guys, great show once again. Your talk about Barry Pepper rekindled my own self creation delusion about him." As I was convinced for years that he was Christopher Walken's son, even to the point of telling friends this, <laughs> in an all too, <laughs> he says, and I would do it in an all too smug manner. It was only last year that I realized this was not true. I have no idea where this notion came from, but needless to say, I felt like an idiot, Ian from Wales. And I wanted to point out that I do this sometimes with, uh, with actors. I'll assign them uh, something and find out, oh no, it's the wrong guy or right whatever my fallacy is but i don't want you to feel bad ian is the point we all do this it's okay mm-hmm. 
And for and who knows, Christopher Walken gets around. Maybe he's you know me a little. Maybe pepper. you know maybe you know something that the rest of the world doesn't. Maybe he got a little salt with that pepper, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what you're saying. I don't either. Actually. Please explain it. I don't know at all. Hey, uh, we should tell people what our next movie is. Uh, what is it? Do we know? Well, well it's we're going to be at uh, Nerdtacular watching and talking about The Last Dragon, right? Oh, that's right. That is our next movie. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's so close. Shit. Scary. Uh, last Jag- Dragon. Uh, Jagon. Last Dragon. Um, last Dragon. Last, last Dragon is correct. We, uh, we're we going to be doing this. It's not streaming anywhere, but it's on uh, like a dollar deal everywhere if you buy the DVD. And it's right. also perfect for Nerdtacular. So we are getting all up in that biznatch and doing uh, that. So Nerdtacular, uh, for those who don't know, is streamed live. It will also be recorded uh, for this show. That, that portion of it will be recorded. So there will be a Film Sack episode probably right after the event, Monday or Tuesday. Um, but if you want to watch it live, uh, that happens. Let's see. I can give you the schedule. That happens. Oh, poop. Uh, two weeks. Two weeks. Well, well, a little <laughs> less than today two weeks. is irrelevant. So yeah, uh, it's <laughs> actually this morning. Joel- it starts in five minutes. Two weeks. On July first. Yeah, on July first. So, jeez. Oh, anyway, that's. Uh, let's find out when that is. That's fr- uh, not Friday. Uh, that's uh, uh, there. It is. Film Sacapalooza, ten a.m. So at 11.30 a.m. Mountain Time, we'll stream the the entire damn thing. So cool. uh, go to frogpants.tv for that. That's going to do it for us, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Frogpants.com slash... No, sorry. Filmsack.com is our website. Uh, I'm looking at the wrong spreadsheet. Uh, Filmsack.com slash... Or no, shit. Filmsack.com is the place to go. <laughs> Filmsack, on, everybody. Filmsack at gmail.com is how you can email us like all those fine people did. And you can find us on Twitter at Filmsack. That will do it for us for now. For me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Mm-hmm. We'll see you next time. Danger, Morning. Scott Johnson. Morning. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Shit. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Warning.